I'll use my trusty frying pan as a drying pan. Drying Pan, a Pokemon, this serious podcast. This week, we have a special episode for you all. We're going to be discussing the Pokemon short Pikachu and Pichu, as well as Pokemon 3, the movie Spell of the Unknown. As always, we'll always be talking about random stuff that pops into our heads. And just a quick reminder, this is E for Explicit Podcast, so listener discretion is advised. And I'm your host, Jacob, and I'm here with my co-host, Austin. I want things real again. I think so, too. I don't, I don't like the fake world that Pokemon creates. It doesn't make much sense. All right, so Spell of the Unknown is a great title for this movie because you can't really tell what's going on. Uh, other co-hosts, Alex is here. How you doing, Alex? I'm good, but I have a question. Is it Spell of the Unknown or is it Lord of the Unknown Tower? It's both. It's both, and I'm sure Austin will talk about it because he probably knows. I don't know, but I know that when I watched it, that's what it said. Entei, Lord of the Unknown Tower. That's the Japanese title, and I think they used it in trailers and such, but the actual movie itself, the title card says Spell of the Unknown. Interesting what happens behind the scenes. So it was like a last-minute title change? I, I guess. Well, before we get to the spectacular movie that is Pokemon 3, the movie Spell of the Unknown, we can talk about our weeks. Who wants to, uh, who wants to go first? I think Jacob does. Yeah, I nominate you, Jacob, because you had a thrilling last couple weeks, I think. Yeah, it's it's been, it was really fun. I, uh, I started watching Friends for the first oh time ever. Oh my god! And um, they go all out for the first two seasons. I was not expecting like, you know, usually your first season's kind of rough, but they actually well thought out characters, good character development. So I'm pretty pleased with it. Uh, Austin, what did you do? Nah, okay. Boo. I went to Iceland. <laughs> you went to Iceland? Yeah, I went to Iceland with, with Leslie, and we had a great time. <laughs> That's right. Um, yeah, that was uh, being hyped up. I went to Iceland. That's why we were kind of behind on the episodes. My fault. I'm sorry. I wanted to go abroad. Dang, I don't know. Going to Iceland is probably like a once-in-a-lifetime thing. Like, we don't blame you for forsaking us. Iceland is amazing. I will say that. The people are great. And it's just like, you look around and you're like, you know, we were driving by at one point and this guy has like a farmhouse in the middle of nowhere. When that guy goes out and gets the paper at his mailbox, he turns around and sees like this gigantic glacier in his backyard. You're just like, what the heck? That's just, it just baffles your mind when you see kind of like all this magnificent nature just everywhere. That's amazing. Yeah, these wonders are just around every corner. And like I said, it's super easy to go to. Everybody speaks English, so you're not going to come and have like a language barrier. It's just beautiful. I would like have you, we saw the the waterfall from Game of Thrones. Wow! It's when uh, Cersei. No, not Cersei. What's the blonde-haired girl's name? Daenerys. Daenerys. Yeah, Daenerys and John. They like 
go beyond the wall and there's like this huge waterfall. Oh my gosh. There we saw that. That's amazing. We got to hike a glacier. It was like beautiful at the same time it was super sad because in front of the glacier there's this big pool of water and that 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 used to be glacier. Like, yeah. you know, 75 years ago this glacier was the size of, you know, 100 football fields. Now it's small. So it that was it was cool but also kind of like, dang, there's like a expiration date to people being able to do this very soon too. Wow. So like how was like the food? Like how was like everything did you go did you get to see a black sand beach like all this stuff we did we went to a, a black sand beach oh my gosh and uh really fine sand and it was they had these rock formations there that looked like they were just sculpted like there's a picture of me sitting on this like cliff looking out over the beach and it's just like all these rock formations out in the ocean it just looked it looked like it doesn't look real almost that's how like crazy it is food was really good i had a reindeer burger that might be the best burger I've ever eaten in my life. Reindeer. Yep. Oh my gosh. Turns out Comet is also great as a burger. What does that taste like? Is that anything like bison or like beef? Like what? It was like very lean. A very lean burger. It tastes like venison. Like if you had venison before, it's very similar. Isn't venison deer? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Deer. Well, there you go. Yeah. It's basically the same thing. But uh, I guess more fat on it maybe because it's a bigger deer and they have to survive the winter uh this had like brie and this cranberry sauce on it oh my gosh i could talk about this burger for 30 minutes that's how good it was (laughs) wow that's i'm jealous oh my god i would recommend like if anybody wants to go abroad and you're like where's an easy place i can go to that's not like the food is expensive they're like eating out is like culturally as like a fun thing i guess there from what i was being told so the food is a little pricey but it's not gonna like kill your budget or anything but if you want to go to a place where it's like you just get a hotel and then you can book like these excursions through these great companies like Your Day Tours or Arctic Adventures, that's what we used. And they go out and they'll just take you out there and have you you have a good time seeing all the different things you want to see. And you go back to the hotel and relax and you're, you know, everything's taken care of for you. Yes, Austin? We didn't go to the Penis Museum, did you? No, we didn't. We didn't. Damn uh, it. <laughs> the what? <laughs> There's a penis museum there. Yeah. And what exactly would that entail? Oh, it's in the name. Is this like cadavers? Like people donate yeah. their... Oh my God. <laughs> it's like what? the trophy. <laughs> the penis trophy museum. What? Oh my God. Yeah. I saw a documentary about it, about who was going to be the first human to donate their penis. <laughs> Wait, so there's not <laughs> currently there's not currently human in there. There's just animals. I have no idea. Okay. No, I don't. I don't know if there's any. I didn't think there's any humans in there. I think there's probably like a probably a whale penis in there. Maybe a like a duck penis there in there. Ooh, duck penis. Those are crazy. So you guys just went on like nature excursions and things like that. You guys didn't do any sort of like museums or anything. I went to one museum and I was at the University of Iceland, and it's like one that just talks about the history of it. And that was just because that that was just the first day we got there and we're still really jet lagged. So we're like, let's do something easy. Mm-hmm. The geothermal bath we went to was in a Tolsvik. That was cool. They got a bunch of geo- geothermal baths there, of course, because, you know, it's like magma's like right there. Any more questions? Because, I mean, it's, I could, it's, it's just beautiful there. What was your favorite part other than the burger? Probably hiking the glacier. That was really cool. And then like 
the first excursion we went on, the it was like the weather was just awful. Like it rains 250 days out of the year there. You know, it's like Seattle or, you know, Great Britain. And it was like 35 mile an hour winds. And all of a oh sudden we get gosh. to the top of this waterfall and hail starts coming and it's like hitting you. And you're like, what the, f-, you know, trying to get out of there. But then after all that, we went to like this super private geothermal bath. And I was like, oh, this is worth it. So that was probably my two favorite highlights. That's the majesty of nature. Oh, it's like... We saw this geyser, too. That was really cool. And the coolest thing about the geyser was, you know, it shoots water out. You know, that's that's awesome. But then, like, in random spots of Iceland, you'll be walking, like, if you're just walking around, you'll just be walking and be, like, normal temperature on the ground. And then, like, you step one foot over, it's, like, 100 degrees Celsius. See, I, I'd be afraid. That is I would scary. be afraid of that. God, how does your, like, you don't, like, burn the bottom of your foot clean off? That's what they say, like, you know, like our tour guide was telling us, he ventured out one day, and actually, it melted his boot Jeez. off. Like, he, yeah, just like, <laughs> he gets up in his boots, just like, you know, putty oh <laughs> on the God. bottom. It's like, dang, dude, that's crazy. Yeah, we, it was fine. Like, you're not going to get hurt there, as long as you have a tour guide, and you know, like we did. But, uh, oh, we ate at the hot dog stand that Bill Clinton uh, ate at. Like, he would fly to Iceland just to eat at this hot dog stand because he said what? they have the best hot dogs in the world <laughs> yeah, yeah i'm not kidding God. during his presidency or yeah yeah during his presidency oh. yeah could you imagine I, I just couldn't even imagine like oh what are you gonna do today oh i think i'm just gonna get on my private plane and go to iceland just for a hot dog lunch okay i'm pretty sure there's more to it because apparently they have a lot of peace treaty deals that go there like uh, oh okay yeah quote unquote peace treaty under the guise of yeah just to get yeah. the damn hot dogs we saw the house where Reagan met Gorbachev to negotiate the end of the Cold War. That happened in Iceland. I didn't know that. So apparently this is where like a bunch of world leaders meet because I guess it's like neutral with its it stance on conflicts. Dogs. Yeah. It's the excuse to get hot dogs. That's it. Yeah. Some of the most major conflicts in U.S. history were done under the guise of, oh, yeah, we just need to do a peace treaty. But really, it was because of the hot dogs. Now I want a damn hot dog. Because <laughs> they're 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 so good. They are they're really good. Is it reindeer hot dogs? Lamb hot dog. Lamb hot dog. Oh, cute little sheep. Yeah. Oh. It was yeah, but like you can tell, like you you order your hot dog the same way I do. Let's have peace. You know the works. You know <laughs> we're all good to go. If any world leaders are listening, apparently the key to world peace <laughs> is hot dog. Yep. So you have to feed each other a hot dog, and the world peace will just like ascend upon us. That's the rule. Yeah, if you want to make friends with somebody, just offer them a hot dog. No ketchup either. Put ketchup on it. We're going to war. Oh, shit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We're going to war. I'm sorry. Uh, You put ketchup on this hot dog? How can you you turn down a classic dog with yellow mustard and ketchup? This had, it had Dijon mustard. I think this is what I was on. I didn't like, I just said I want the works. Um, It had Dijon mustard, honey mustard, onions, and then like crisp onions. Two kinds of onions and two kinds of mustard. <laughs> That's it. That was it. <laughs> oh, yeah. my gosh. Okay. Now I know where to <laughs> go good. get a hot dog. Austin, you and I getting on a plane later today to go get a hot dog. Are you paying the bill? Are you buying the tickets? Shit. You only live once. Like I said, if you like, it is kind of like not a cruise or like Cancun type vacation. You're going to have to like hike. Like we were probably walking five miles a day or maybe more to see some of this stuff so you know if you're gonna do this trip maybe like get in a little bit of shape like walk a little bit oh i'm out yeah (laughs) i think you can handle it austin did you guys prepare at all 
like going into it knowing that you'd have to walk yeah we like ran a couple times a week and did some long walks and you know it's not like super gonna wear you down but you know to go like in their cold turkey you might be huffing some air that was me in hawaii walking up these volcanoes alcoholic beverage in one hand and i'm like (laughs) oh i'm gonna die (laughs) yeah I can see that. Austin, we've barely made it up the hill. Oh, God, I'm not going to make it. You joke. That's literally exactly what happened. I said, are we almost at the top? And they said, Austin, we're like a 20th of the way there at most. And I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was So great. some minor conditioning required prior to. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Definitely an adventurous trip. But yeah, it was just fun. Like I said, the people, the country is just beautiful. Yeah, I wonder where they rank on, like, that global happiness scale. They're up there. I know that we looked before... Uh, to preface this, there's only 370,000 people in the country. Wow. So, yeah, so it is, like, put it on that scale. But it, it is the safest country in the world by far. But it actually is, like, I was reading this magazine. They are having a problem there because in 2022, there was only two murders. But I think in this year, there's been four. So we've, they've doubled. Oh, oh. Uh, we probably have four homicides a day. Probably have oh, four yeah. homicides an hour here. I know. I mean, that's even putting it soft, probably. I think people just need some nature in their lives. Maybe like just go outside. If you could, if you saw a glacier in your backyard every day, I don't know. I think maybe you, you might have a different perspective. Definitely changes like for the like you know if you're a denier of like you know climate change or impact people have on the climate to go there and see that definitely would open your eyes some degree. Hopefully. If you're a climate change denier in this year. <laughs> There's no going back. Yeah. <laughs> right. no, maybe you got a point there, Austin. You're probably right. But it, that is, I, I agree with that like 100%, Alex. Like, if you go outside and you see that stuff and there's like a river flowing through your backyard that's just beautiful and you could walk 100 feet up the road and see this giant waterfall. I think it just humbles you. I think it's just, you know, seeing that, especially when you don't grow up around it and you're like, wow, I don't know. Maybe not everybody thinks that way, but... Definitely reduces your anxiety, because I imagine if you're in, like, a city packed like rats, and people are running all over the place, like, and everybody's like, oh, you know, screaming all the time, and then you go to, like, this place of tranquility, you know, that's, like, right there, I can imagine that would, like, calm you down big time. Alex and I were around a lot of screaming people recently. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was my transition. Are we done with that? That's perfect. Well, that that's was perfect. Just to say, that sounds like a wonderful time. Glad you guys were able to go and enjoy that, because that's super cool. Thank you, thank you. But that was that was good, Austin. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> so, Austin, what did you do this week? Well, um, <laughs> listeners may recall, I was going through a Power Rangers phase, and still am, just, you know, for the kicks of it, for the camp factor of it all. And I saw he they says, had a rain- I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm just I'm interrupting you because calling me out on my bullshit. <laughs> it's such bullshit. <laughs> Austin six months ago, Austin's like, I'm gonna start watching Power Rangers, but maybe only like the first like mm, I don't know, three or four seasons and then I'm I'm done. I'm just I'm done. I remember that. I can I can vouch yeah, for that. Yeah, Jacob was there. I'm on season thirteen. There currently. you go. See that's why it's a bunch of bull, but we're glad you're enjoying yourself. How many seasons are there? Twenty nine and counting. Oh, Fuck. so you're like getting there you're halfway I'm not even halfway <laughs> you're getting halfway well that's the thing is i just turn it on and like just let it go because it's not like must watch television you know it's for <laughs> five-year-olds you can watch the first five minutes and the last five minutes and get the full plot so yeah i get it i get snaps every hour of the day at like 3 a.m here's austin sending me a snap bullshit <laughs> 
You get snaps on the weekends when I'm up at two in the morning. I kid, I kid. It's so great. I love it. I'm just as I am just as much into it by proxy because yeah. Continue, Austin. Continue. I know Alex appreciates high camp, I so do. I'm letting her in on like the highlights. I love it. So there was a Power Rangers convention here recently, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh my god, this is gonna be so weird." Let's go. We have to go. This is so silly. And we went. <laughs> Woo! We went. It was fun. It was fun. There's a lot of interesting folks in attendance. <laughs> I think that says it all. We'll keep it at that. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, I will say there were some really cool costumes. There were there was a range of, of people, but we saw some really good cosplay, which I appreciate the artistry of. We left before the costume contest, but we probably should have stayed just to see who won. That was like at six o'clock. Like I know by that time we were like tired, but I was hoping they would announce it, but I don't think they did. How long did y'all stay total? Five hours. Yeah. Okay. It was small scale. I've never been to anything like that that was that small scale. Mm-hmm. So we just, you know, we saw everything there was to see. Yeah, it wasn't anything like Dragon Con, Comic Con, like nothing on those levels. But I enjoyed it. The thing that tickled me the most, of course, was seeing David Yost in person. Alex got starstruck. I don't know why. It just, I, I was overcome with it. I don't know why. I'm going to Google him real quick. He played Billy, the original Blue Ranger. Who Alex bought merchandise of. I couldn't help it. I was. I told Austin before I even went. Like, we both brought cash. Like, just in case, you know, for food mostly. And then, like, just in case on the off chance there was that one thing you just had to have. We went in there. Like, I told Austin, I'm like, I'm not going to buy anything. I, I promise. I'm, you know, I <laughs> swear I'm not going to buy anything. There's not going to be anything there that I want it turned out to be the exact opposite. I was the one that came away with like two pins and a t-shirt and Austin didn't buy a single thing. I did buy things. Not, well, you bought one comic book. I bought one comic book and I bought a jar of ooze. Oh, the ooze, right. What What was the ooze? Is that like from a villain? It's from the movie. Yeah, it's from the villain. Okay. okay. Of the first movie. What comic book did you get? A free comic book day comic book. I spent oh. $5 for it. I can't believe you paid money for a free comic book day comic book. <laughs> Was it like one of those donate to get it kind of thing? or I don't think they were just selling their overstock. Oh, uh, okay. I don't know. I just, I, I appreciated seeing, it's, okay, There's my here's my explanation for it. When you watch something on television from 30 years ago and you're like, oh my gosh, there's that person who played that character that I've only ever seen on television. I don't know. It's kind of a weird feeling to see somebody in person that's only existed in TV land. Uh, there was only one Pokemon the series actor that I, I saw, Megan Hollinshead, who was the original Nurse Joy and the current Nurse Joy, I believe. That's cool. We saw her. We didn't pay any money to talk to anyone because we don't have money. <laughs> no. But we saw her. She was there. Can I ask who who was the most expensive? Like who was really upcharging it for? Uh, you don't have to name who, but like what was the highest price you saw for like a picture or? I don't know. I don't know what they what they offer, what the money's for, whatever it's for. I think it was a hundred. Oh really? Oh, that oh, might have been the, th- there the was most a expensive photo op and stuff. Well, there was a dual photo op with two of them at the end, and I think that was like what a hundred something. Oh. I don't know. Just Walter by himself was a hundred. Oh. Oh, like cow. Are they all the same pretty much across the board? Are they like all like meet before and then like we're all gonna charge sixty or I wonder if there's like some. No. The more well-known ones were charging more. Oh, okay. Johnny Young Bosch was a hundred. Oh, 
the the bigger name people have higher prices. Okay, I just didn't know if they were like self-aware in a way, <laughs> or if it was like, uh, you know, we all going to work together kind of thing. No, but I, I think I, I get it. It's part partially probably like their PR teams, and they know their worth. I mean, Johnny Young Bosch is like a very prolific voice actor. He's oh in yeah everything. I mean, of course he's going to be charging more. He knows his worth. He knows he's like one of the top build people there. Like I'd say between him. David Yost and Walter Jones. I think they were the big three. Yeah, I think Johnny Young Bosch actually became a voice actor because of Power Rangers. Like, I think he was redubbing it. And then, like, a guy from, I don't know what studio he was from, was walking by and was hearing him speak and walked in and said, hey, why don't you come record some lines for, I don't know, this anime thing we're doing. And he just blew up from there. So he probably owes a lot to the Power Rangers for that. I, mean, I overall, think that's what happened. It was fun. It was a fun day thing to do. I'm glad y'all enjoyed Ranger Con. Yeah, you missed out. You missed out, Jacob. I don't think I'm, were, I, uh, I did. You I did. You were on your trip. I don't trip, think I did. So you're good. You're yeah. good. <laughs> I think I would. I think I was happy where I was at. Yeah, you were in a better time than <laughs> we were. Was, uh, that was sarcasm, <laughs> by the way. Oh, good. Good. So, Alex, is that pretty much like you know y'all just tag team? that week thing there's nothing there's anything particular you did i mean the only other thing i'll add unrelated so yeah the the power rangers thing was the big one but maybe a week or so ago now it's been i just have to throw this out there because I'm, I'm super excited the xbox showcase showed off starfield what it what it, what is starfield is that like star citizen excuse me jacob oh here we go oh my god okay first of all i don't know much about star citizen but i do know it's a clusterfuck they have raised like $500 million and it's been a Kickstarter for like 10 years. It's a scam. Like, I'm so sorry to any star citizens. It's money loitering or something. Like, laundering. yeah. I don't know much about it. I can't really speak in depth. I just know that it's been in the works for a long, long time. It's There's been a lot of internal like turmoil with like it's changed teams, directors. I'm not really sure. That game's never coming out. Please, for the love of God, people, stop giving money to Kickstarters with no end in sight. Don't pre-order games. I'm not pre-ordering Starfield as much as I want it. Like, I'm, I'm stopping doing that. Like, just let it come out and then buy it. But anyway. You're already budgeting for the $200 controller for it. That's a different. That's a peripheral for a console that I would use to play other games with it. There's a controller specifically for this game. Well, I mean, that happens, but, like, the buttons are different for it? No. So, there is a starfield controller and a headset and a watch like if you get the collector's edition a watch yeah that's pretty cool (laughs) i that's not what austin's talking about so i'm not buying the starfield exclusive controller i was playing around in the design lab for controllers and i was like making up a an elite controller which is like 200 dollars, by the way i heard it's worth it though i will say that everybody who uses that thing said it's awesome yeah, well, I don't know. I mean, I've heard some mixed things about it. I haven't owned an Xbox since the 360, so, like, I'm kind of new again to Xbox, but I have to buy one to play Starfield since it's an exclusive. So, don't judge me, Austin, spending $200 on a controller. It's your money. That is right. I got some cash back on my credit card that I can put towards it, so. <laughs> so, what do you got to buy? You got to buy an Xbox and you got to buy this $200 controller? Yes. I have to go all in. I have to buy the, con- the console. Cow. I have to buy the controller. I got to buy the game. So we're not going to see you. 
we're not going to see Alex for like a month after this thing comes out. I can't say anything. I'm going to have to buy a PS5 for fucking Spider-Man 2. I know this is this could be a whole other conversation, you guys. Like I was talking about this the other day. I'm not I feel like I'm not ready to buy another console per se. Emotionally. <laughs> it's a, Emotionally, it's a life step. <laughs> it is. It's a big life step. Like I don't know. It's like I just I get so much use out of my P- PS4 as it is. I started playing Skyrim again because I'm in like a Bethesda mood and all this stuff. So I'm like, this still runs like it did 10 years ago. It's almost 10 years old. Can you freaking believe that? I can't. Oh, I don't know. I'm just not ready. I'm not ready, but I have to be. You know what I think our listeners are ready for? Well, okay. All right. One last Pikachu thing. Pikachu and Pichu. One okay. last thing. I will say Starfield looks amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. I couldn't believe the scope of it. We'll see how it actually turns out in real life. Obviously, the hype behind a trailer is the hype. I will have to... I don't even know what it is. I never heard of it before. Skyrim in space. Just picture Skyrim in space. So no man's sky. See that moon? You can go to it, basically. Okay. All right. I'll, uh, I'll look <laughs> it up. That seems cool. Like, I like that idea, but I'll, uh, I'll check it out. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited. That is uh, shocking to hear. Like our main two characters in Pikachu and Pichu, right? Woo! Uh, but before we get to uh, the first, I guess, episode short thing we discussed today, this is episode 98, and so we wanted to remind you all of some upcoming, I don't know what you call them, items, cool things to look forward to. Announcements. So the Instagram has been created, right, Alex? And we're just... Yes! Okay, awesome. And we're just like, she's working on getting it pictures on it yes yeah, so <laughs> now, what is instagram for i don't quite know <laughs> you're talking to someone who's got iphone 6 that i don't even have in can't even run instagram so. <laughs> oh my gosh you know what jacob that reminds sorry to tangent again i was mad because my phone is currently on the fritz it's dying i have an iphone xr which is way later than your model <laughs> and it's freaking dying and then i was like jacob's phone is lasted for forever and mine's like blowing itself up i was honestly thinking about contacting the guinness book of world records and seeing how like if i hold some kind of record for the longest iphone usage probably 10 years that's a long time for an iphone i'm jealous anyway yes so the instagram is live technically I'm working on some content for it. So just wanted to like assure all the listeners out there that I didn't forget about the Instagram. One, two, Let's move on to what we got this week. First, we're going to do the short. I've never seen this before. Was this in theaters? Okay, have we seen this in theaters? Did we watch this in theaters? I didn't watch this in theaters. I don't think anyone did. I remember exactly where I saw it. I was being... I can remember how old I was, but I was at my house, and I think I had a babysitter, and I was eating popcorn. And I didn't know really what was going on at all with the movie. I was just happy to see, like, the Pokemon. Oh, they fast-forwarded through the Pichu part and got straight to the Entei part? Yeah, I think it was, like, through DirecTV I saw it, so they didn't even include the short. Oh, okay, okay. (laughs) It was, like, one of those pay-per-view things. (laughs) I saw this in theaters. Of course. 
Did they give anything out for this movie? Like a card or... There was an intake card. It was just the one intake card. Okay. Nothing too special about it. It was just like an actual... I think it had the holograph on the, like, what do you call it? Not the art part, but the verse holographic. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Yeah. I I think that was pretty novel at the time for the Pokemon TCG. So maybe that was special. Okay. Cool. Cool. Uh, Like I said, this is my first time seeing this. And are we going to randomize this or are we just going to talk through it? We'll randomize it. Okay. Same as always. All right. It is Alex, Austin, and then myself. So, so Alex will do the su- 30 second summary and I'll candle Pikachu and Pichu. How do I summarize like a 15 minute short? <laughs> it's six, 16 minutes. Um, so sorry. Right. So sorry. So sorry. 16 minutes. Okay. All right. Three, two, one. Oh. Okay. So the twerps leave uh, Pikachu and all the other Pokemon in a city square somewhere to do whatever. Pikachu sees some rambunctious Pichu. He gets into mischief with them. There's a hound hour that they piss off. They almost ruin their, like, tire house. And then Pikachu gets back to the twerps, and Ash planned a giant banquet for the anniversary of their meeting and their friendship. And it's super sweet. And, uh... Hi. So, uh, I have thoughts about that. All right, we'll get to that at the end. I got thoughts about the beginning of this thing. Oh, right. Well, Jacob, what are your thoughts on the beginning of this? I mean... Is this a popular thing to leave your Pokemon on top of an ungated skyscraper where, like, they could just <laughs> free wander? It sounded to me like they were trying to kill their Pokemon. Like, just let them wander around the skyscraper. There's nothing. There's no barricades or anything. They're just they could fall off the edge at any moment. But we're gonna let them run free, unsupervised. For once, Togepi was not the one who fell off the damn building. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Pikachu, very uncharacteristic. I wondered how much money the twerps were spending to like rent this skyscraper rooftop, and they bought they got like a whole like conference ballroom area to cater. I don't know. A lot of money was spent today. This is like ten years from now, and Ash has made it as a trainer. This isn't necessarily in timeline with the movie. Maybe he uh, borrowed Professor Oak's credit card. Oh, it's Professor Oak's uh, private residence. His, it's his private he skyscraper. He owns that building. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he owns the building. <laughs> I thought the building had a really cool glass elevator on the outside. Oh, yeah. One of those uh, external like glass elevators that you can like see the whole cityscape when you ride up it. Yeah, that was neat. That was neat. So I have a question real quick. Is this the first time that we've seen Pichu in any anything? In any animated production yes. of Note? Yes. That's surprising. Well, get ready, you guys, because Jacob's never seen this. I know Alex has. This is the start of the Pichu Brothers cinematic universe. Oh, my gosh. I know that. I know that. You knew the Pichu Brothers are a big thing. Mm -hmm. Have you seen any of their other appearances? Uh, I know the Pichu Brothers. And then I know, like, they kind of piggyback off that when, like, Sapphire comes out with the plus and minus brothers too that they have plus mining. yeah yeah i know that like piggybacks off that we are gonna see these pichu brothers in their city and their little friends many times to come so get ready for that really okay i, I don't recall that you don't no they show up like 10 more times no joke dang okay i need to refresh myself then basically i thought this was a cute short i thought of the first three this is the best one definitely yeah I think the main thing of this short is the music, like the jazzy music. And we're barely into Johto at this point. This is a big, like, animated debut for a lot of these Pokemon. So I think that's the appeal. It's like, oh, look at all these Pokemon. Go buy our merchandise that is sitting on the shelves because they haven't had anime episodes yet. 
Well, if Pokemon is, if not anything, you know, big uh, advertisement. Right. Let's go through it real, just real quick. Pikachu's on the roof and all the other short Pokemon are there. He sees the two little Pichus, Pichu Big and Pichu Little. Aw. That's their names, apparently. Do we want to, like, name them, though? Like, we always come up with s- silly names. He and Shu. No, what is, uh, what is, uh, Danny DeVito and Arnold? What are their names in Twins? Oh, my God. We just call them Danny and Arnold? <laughs> Danny and Arnold. Danny, okay. and Arnold. <laughs> Danny and Arnold. <laughs> the big one's Arnold, the big one's Arnold, and the little one's Danny. It's already sorted stuff out. So the little one has the base Pichu design, but he's like the rambunctious, mischievous one. And the older one has the tuft of hair on top. That's how yes. you can tell them apart. Yes. See, is, they're modeled after Danny and Arnold. So Yeah, Perfect. of course. Danny gets into some trouble and he's going <laughs> to, he seems to get off, he's going to fall off a railing. So Pikachu's like, you're going to fall off the railing. And the Pichu brothers are like, no, he's not. You're going to fall off the railing. The murder of Murkrow flies by. And they're like, we're going to kill you, Pikachu, because we are assholes. Murkrow making their debut. Thankfully, some s- silly Hopip are floating by at that exact moment. Oh, my God. So Pikachu, Super Mario Brothers, his way over to the Pichu Brothers and can't get back to the building he started at. And all the other twerp Pokemon do not care. Yeah, he's hollering for them. They're hollering for him. And he's like, what? Yeah, they don't even turn an eye to him at all. They're probably like, thank God Pikachu's gone. He's always in the middle of everything. Get rid of him for a day. He doesn't have to go on his ball. Of course we hate him. Yeah, Chikorita, well, to one point, (laughs) Chikorita probably was the one that heard the call for help, but then chose to actively ignore him. But I was going to ask, so have we ever had an instance of the Pokemon being able to tell time before? Because Ash... Like, obviously, it's, like, the legs. You know, we don't see their, like, faces or whatever. But they actually have speaking lines. So Ash is like, okay, we are going to go. And when that clock tower over there, you see that clock tower? When that says 6 o'clock sharp, we're going to be back. And they all, like, look at it and they nod. Yes, okay, 6 o'clock. And I'm like, you can tell fucking time? Okay. Pikachu can. He definitely can. Because he was paying attention to the the clock every hour Mm -hmm. on the hour. And he was out and about for a long day because they left at around 10 and they didn't get back till 6. So I was like, okay, they, they are that smart. They can tell the time. All right. The intelligence of the Pokemon is really strange. I mean, I don't know. Noctowl, we just had the Noctowl episode and that thing was like, it had an engineering degree from like Harvard or something. And then it didn't recognize itself in the mirror. Yeah. And then it hypnotized itself. So. Well, you know what? In the Pokemon world, Pokemon can apply for jobs. And they can do labor because Meowth is now a window washer for some reason. Oh, yeah. It's a top floor job, right? <laughs> like uh, James and Jesse said. Didn't yep. he uh, say something to the effect of like, Jesse got me this job or something like that? I don't know what Jesse and James are doing today. Yeah, they trick him into getting it. They're like, it's like a high up job. Pikachu sends Meowth catapulting into a building. Billboard. Yeah, a billboard. That's basically the end of Meowth for the rest of this thing. He just makes a cameo. The Pichu brothers are like, hey, Pikachu, we'll get you back to that building located right across the street. So they immediately take him through some vents and some elevators and they get on a bus and they drive in the opposite direction. They go to the other side of downtown and then they fall into a little river area and they nearly get killed by a ferry. Pikachu, you could have easily crossed the street. You know how to operate a crosswalk. If you can tell time... You have some directional awareness, right? Yeah. Why didn't he like take the elevator downtown or down to the ground floor, cross the street, ride the elevator back up? Easy. Done. It doesn't matter, though. 
Pikachu and the Pichu brothers fall on a hound hour and piss it off. So now they got an angry dog after them. But the mice shock him. But it turns out someone's played Super Smash Brothers Melee. When the Pichu brothers use their electric attacks, they also take damage. That's pretty cool. Does that happen? It does in Smash Brothers. Oh, okay. Isn't that weird? That is weird. Anyway, speaking of weird, it's time for a music sequence. Because we are at the tire house, which is an impossible structure the Pokemon <laughs> of the city have seemingly created themselves made of spare tires, but also it has like piping and tubes to be made into slides. And there's like a clockwork mechanism, like a huge clockwork mechanism in the middle of all these tires that's constantly going. And there's like little hidey holes and such. What was the purpose of the clockwork mechanism? Because they wanted to use some CGI, I guess. Okay. I, they don't even. What's powering the clock thing? God, no, they're they're stealing electricity off the grid. I, I guess <laughs> they're siphoning electricity. Yeah, <laughs> the building next door has power outages all the time. It's like, yep, some, our breaker keeps getting tripped. Just constant brownouts. Peachy brothers summon all their Pokemon friends, and I made a list of all the Pokemon that have showed up. Oh, cute! I I I uh, posted my standouts, which or I wrote down my standouts. Like, who are your standouts? Magby and uh-huh. the Whooper Gang. There's a ton of them, a ton of debuts of this crew. A few of them are going to become recurring. Get ready to get to see more of Magby, Smoochum, Wooper. Yeah, Wooper. No, is that any, is there anyone else in their little crew? I can't recall. I don't remember. There, there's probably more, but I, that's the only ones that stuck out, really. Austin's thinking. I can't think of anybody. I'm thinking about it. There was a ton of Pokemon. There was like... There's a Snorlax at one point, right? He crushed the Hound Hour. Did anybody else, I don't know why I was, like, reminded of, like, all dogs go to heaven and, like, the junkyard dog pack. Like, I don't know why. I just got that vibe. That's it. I was thinking of um, Homeward Bound with the blood red van and they go into, like, that place where those dogs have their own built oh, home. Oh, the second one. The second one, yeah. Lost in San Francisco or Lost whatever San Francisco, it's called. Yeah. Yeah, and you got the blood red van and then you have uh, Delilah, which is, like, Max's crush. And uh, I watched that movie a hundred times as a child. If not more. I think I only ever saw the first Homeward Bound, but I don't remember. Is that Chance? Is that the dog? Chance. Chance? That's his name. Yes. Chance. Yes. Uh, Shadow is the uh, retriever. Oh, my God. Then what's uh, what's the cat's name? Is it Mincy? No. I, I, Mixie? I don't remember at Cassie. all. Cassie. Cassie. Cassie the cat. I think it's Cassie. All right. I looked it up. The, the Teddy Ursa is part of the Pichu posse, apparently. But I don't think I saw it in the short. I thought we did, but I might be conflating that with the Teddy Ursa that we see later in the movie. It's in the movie. Oh, okay. I'm not sure. I'll just verify that because it's really important to know. The Whoopers were the yeah, most Yeah, Teddy important. Ursa was not in the short, but it does appear later. Anyway, who cares? Because it's time for a jazzy musical sequence that takes forever. I skipped it. <laughs> yeah, all the po- yeah, exactly. All the Pokemon leave, and then the Hound Hour's back, and they knock over the eldritch horror structure that the Pokemon have created. So the Pichu brothers have to summon all the Pokemon right back from where they came from. And they all have a long sequence of building it back together. One tire can stop it from falling over at one point. It's very strange. But the day is saved thanks to cooperation. And the Houndour and the Pichus are friends now. Hooray. Such a touching story. Yes. Uh, And also Pikachu can tell time because, oh my god, it's almost 6 o'clock. And so we have to have a cool little... A sequence where we go on a tire and go back to the building where we started from. Pikachu gets back to his twerp 
Pokemon friends and says goodbye to the Pichu brothers. And Corpse humans return and they have a surprise. It's oh the anniversary God. party. Alex, what do you have to say about I'm this? I'm sure we all will have something to say about this because this right here, this right here is the definitive moment where Ash is like, Pikachu, here's a special party I'm throwing just for you to celebrate and commemorate the day we first met and became friends. So that means, without beyond a shadow of a doubt, that at least a year has passed. At least. Thoughts. Any thoughts. Maybe it means something different in the Pokemon world. Like, anniversary doesn't mean a year. It was last week. <laughs> we met on a Saturday, and today is a Saturday, so- and I just remembered that. <laughs> Yeah. No, oh my gosh, no, I can't believe it. I choose, I cannot believe it. Can you also believe it's only been a year? I mean, also, we've been, I mean, they've been around the world and back. Well, this is just <laughs> at least a year. This could That's be... That's what I mean. It's only been one year. Couldn't it be proof that it's at, le- it's at least one year, but could be longer? I'm just saying it's an anniversary and, you know, typically an anniversary falls on one year from the day of whenever the thing was. But, but like, doesn't, doesn't Ash give Pikachu like a block of wood? So doesn't that mean it's like 10 oh years gosh. or something, right? Is that what that means? What is the, the anniversary? There's like the paper anniversary. The There's yeah. all kinds of stuff. I it's every know. like five years or something. What's the point of the different themes for the anniversaries? I never understood that. I don't know. It's probably some, you know, historical meaning thing. Like, you know, all we had was this block of wood. Let's see. Anniversary gifts by year. It's probably just made up by big anniversary to try to like sell stuff. I just know if you're married, you better not forget all right, let's see. Let's just go through real quick. I can't relate to that. Wait, what'd you say? If you're married, you better not forget. Yeah, we uh, Austin and I can't relate. Sorry. All right, first anniversary is paper. So did he get him something made out of paper? Uh, he got him a cake and some fruit platters. That's paper, made from paper, right? Sure. The box came in. The box was paper that the cake came in. Sure. Brock made a delicious chocolate dessert himself. Is any of this like... Oh, hold on. Oh, oh, God, you guys. Okay, here we go. All right, so the first one was paper. The second one's cotton. The third one is leather. Leather. The fourth... Hey, now. (laughs) The fourth is fruit or flowers. Okay, so it's been four years because they got fruit platters. Yeah, the fifth is wood. The sixth is candy. Copper. Candy? Whatever. I didn't know there was one for each year. I thought it was like milestones. No, there's one for each year. Yeah, that's crazy. I didn't know that. How high does it go? Let me see how high it goes. (laughs) What's the expectations here? (laughs) It goes to 50. I know for sure it goes to 50. Okay, the 60th, the 60th is diamond. Okay. I think my grandparents were 60 plus. Wow. Yeah, they were, they were together for a long time. Oh, see, as it gets, okay, that's really weird. The first few of these are like by every year. And then as it gets later, it's by every five. So they give up. (laughs) They ran out of items. (laughs) I think if you've been married like that long, it's like, oh, you can only have the energy to do every five years. Only the time. Yeah. So I would say this must be the fourth anniversary because it's fruit or flowers. And there was a bunch of fruit. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> Dang. All right. Just a fun diversion. Yeah. That's the end of that. Dang. I can't believe they never. That that just, it got me because I'm like, it's an anniversary celebration of their friendship. Flash has not been caught in Dialga's torturous time loop yet, that's, so it's fine. Oh, that's so we have advancement true. here. Okay. Yeah. So he's technically 11 at least. For now. For now. Yeah. All right. That was cute. MVP and LVP in quotes for this short. Oh, oh shit. Lord. I didn't write anything. I didn't either. <laughs>
I do have a quote, though. Oh, my gosh. And I wanted to save it because I this I have to acknowledge it at least. I think we have the same quote. Okay. We ha- Yeah. All right, Jacob. What's the magic randomizer say? Okay. It's me, Alex, and then Austin. Yeah, I could take it before Austin does. Unless Jacob takes it yeah. before I do. <laughs> no, the quote, I, it's, I don't have the same quote as Joe. I already said my quote. It's, it was from Meowth. When Meowth is like, this is uh not what I was thinking of when Jesse said this was a high up job or oh. something when he's like doing the windows i was like that's pretty funny my mvp i'll give it to the can i give it to the pichu brothers of course sure okay i didn't know if that was like two but uh just for helping pikachu out of his predicament even though they may have caused it but uh, we'll overlook that my lvp i'll give it to was it houndoon or who's what's the name houndour houndour i'll give it to houndour for getting crushed by snorlax um who's next Alex. It's me. Alex. Oh my gosh. Okay, so... What's this quote? All right, the quote is... It's gotta be the one that you're thinking of, Austin. Maybe. I don't know. Meowth. Okay, so he... We saw him originally. He got, like, blasted off again by Pikachu when he hit his scaffolding thing, and we don't see him for the rest of the episode, except for towards the end, on the way back, he's, like, dejectedly walking back to his, like, job site or whatever, and he says, after a horrifying experience like that, I'm sure I could use a little... And this is where I I was like, what the fuck did he just say? Like, he's like, I sure I could use a little. It sounded to me like he said booze, but I think he might have said boost. I don't know what the hell he said. He said a boost because the tire hits him and he flies up in the air. A boost? A boost. Okay, it sounds like booze. He's like, I'm sure I could sure use a little booze. I'm going to choose to believe it was booze because that makes more sense. And it's funny. Sure, it was that. It was was that. You'd want to drink too. Yeah, he wants to drink. Okay, so then my MVP, I have to give it to the whoopers, of course. Especially that one whooper that, like, fell off of the tire and landed on its head. Poor thing. I like to think that's the main whooper. Not Hardy the whooper. Not Hardy the whooper. This is, like, the main Pichu Brothers whooper. Yeah. Danny and Arnold. We'll think of a name for the whooper. And my LVP, I'm going to give it to the Hopip for just flying through the air and hitting people in the face with no abandon, just reckless abandon. All right, I go. My quote was not that. Oh. Oh, was it not? All right. It was during the musical sequence when all the Pokemon are jumping out and a Voltorb appears and he says, Electrode. <laughs> he did? <laughs> yep. Oh, I missed it. Jacob, did you catch that? I didn't. I guess he was uh, forecasting his future there. He must have been. My MVP. Um, I'm going to give my MVP to Togepi. This is the first Pikachu short where Togepi has not caused chaos. My LVP is going to be Dialga for <sighs> catching Ash in a time loop and not allowing him to age. Dialga, you son of a bitch. <laughs> that's it. All right, that's it. All right, that was uh, Pichu, or Pikachu and Pichu, the short. Now, let's get on to the main feature. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're here. This is Pokemon the Movie 3, Spell of the Unknown, which makes sense because as a kid, like I said, you wouldn't know really what what the hell's going on. 
I thought it was pretty straightforward. Nah, well, you know, you're one of those intellectuals, Austin. I don't know about that. Definitely, this hits different watching as an adult. I teared up. You, you teared did? up? A little bit. Aww. You know, as a kid, you get it, but there's a lot of really dark undertones. We'll, uh, we'll go here. Because uh, it actually starts off with one, two. We'll talk about the prologue here. This We got our main characters introduced at the very beginning. Yes, Austin? We want to do summaries? Oh, oh, yeah. Do you want to break it down? We can. I mean. I got the timer. Okay. All right. So how are we going to do this? We're going to do 30 seconds each, but we're going to play off of each other. So at 30 seconds, the next person has to take over, right? Yeah. Okay. Yes. It's uh, me, Austin, and Alex. Get ready. Three, two, one. All right, so we meet Pro- Professor Spencer and his daughter Molly, and we're at this nice mansion that they have because apparently he's wealthy. Um, he is playing with her, but seemed like a good father, but then he gets a message about this discovery he's been trying to find about the unknown, which we don't know anything about. So he leaves his daughter behind and just totally forgets about her and goes on this big hunt for the unknown. He finds uh, like these letter things in this tomb, and then all of a sudden he activates these unknown and falls through this like spiritual world. In the meantime, that's when we flash to Ash, who is walking along, and then he meets a trainer named Lisa. Pause. Stop. Okay. <laughs> Someone time me. Alrighty. Austin, are you ready? Kind of. Three, two, one, go. Well, the beautiful town of Greenfield is now a crystal wasteland, and so Oak and Delia come because they know Spencer Hale, and they gotta check that things out. And then Ente appears because Molly created an Ente father and he kidnaps Delia. And so Ash is like, I gotta save my mom! And so they go into the magical mansion, which is made up of like fantasy worlds from Molly's storybook. And they get into some battles with her to distract her while Ash tries to go upstairs to get Delia. And time. All right, Alex, are you ready? Um, oh my God. Okay, where am I in this? All right. It doesn't matter. Three, <laughs> two, one, go. Okay, so yeah, they're having battles with uh, Dream Molly, who's like an adult and also a teenager, and then Charizard appears because he has seen on the news that Ash is in trouble. And so he arrives and the crystal is like growing bigger and, you know, Molly's power is getting stronger. And then the Entei is like, Molly, you have to believe in me because they realize that we can't solve our problems with battling and the unknown are causing ruckus and havoc all across the land. And so they finally defeat the unknown with the power of the heart of the cards. And, Time. Uh, <laughs> the heart of the cards. <laughs> that is good. That is fitting, right? Because Entei is Yu-Gi-Oh, right? Is oh, he? yeah, he is. Wait, yeah. what? Yeah, Dan Green, I think, is the guy's oh, name. He's the voice of Entei. So you, I don't know if you planned that. I did that was it. pretty good. I did it. That was good. I was like, oh, she just had to believe in him, and then we can save the day. That was that was pretty good. I think that was all right. Oh, Not man. a bad summary. Let's start off with, like like you said, let's start back at the prologue here, where we have Professor Spencer Hale and his daughter, Molly. And it seems like we have a good relationship going on here. They're sitting together in bed. They're reading stories to each other, talking about all these like exotic Pokemon and places. They run around a little bit. Yes, Alex. I'm sorry. I just had to interject. Does anybody else get like a Beauty and the Beast vibe from this like castle on the hill situation? Like, I don't know why I thought about that. Well, he also turns into a beast. Yeah, he becomes a beast. And and also the it becomes a rose petal or like a rose oh. too. And Delia is Belle because she's being held captive. Oh my God, it makes perfect sense. Oh my sense. God, we just, we just ruined this movie. Somebody watched Beauty and the Beast. Takashi Shudo watched Beauty and the Beast and then wrote the screenplay for this movie. I mean, it's very fairy tale like. 
It yeah. was supposed it, to be yeah. like out of a story, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Same thing. It's like, yeah, the storybook they're telling is like the story that I think it's eventually plays out before our eyes. This is where, like, as a kid, I may miss it a little bit because, like, you know, they're sitting there playing, having a good time running around. There's an email that gets delivered. It's kind of a cute little email, like a Pidgey a delivers a mail. Yeah, a Pidgey Graham. Can you imagine if every time you got an email, a little animation with a little tune <laughs> plays of a Pidgey flying to a window? I was like, that'd be so annoying. Wasn't that kind of like the, you've got mail every single time, like AOL yeah. days or whatever. Notice how that lasted forever, too. Um, <laughs> Spencer gets this email, and then he immediately just jets off, right? Like, he just leaves Molly in this empty, abandoned mansion. There's no servants here, either. You know, there's not, like, no, there guardsmen. There They're servants? There's three maids and a butler. Uh, well, we don't see them, though. Briefly. As far as, like, when things really go down. They turn into furniture. Yeah, they turn... <laughs> <laughs> one's a teapot, one's a candlestick, and one's a clock. There we go. Yep. I <laughs> got Cogsworth, Lumiere, and Mrs. Potts. What if they were the Pokemon that she uses later? Oh, we'll have to talk about that. They don't show up at the Pokemon Center. They're just not there after They're that gone. point. <laughs> they don't, we don't see them ever again. We should have seen them, like, crystallize, like, Han Solo in the Carbonite or something. That would have been grotesque. Oh, my God. What Pokemon would... Okay, so, like, Mrs. Potts could be Sinistee. Oh, now we're gonna, we're gonna go through, okay. Isn't there, like, a chandelier Chandelure. Pokemon? Yeah. Chandelure. Chandelure. And then, is there a clock Pokemon? Hoot hoot. It's the closest I can think of. Really? There's not, like, an inanimate, like, clock Pokemon? Why am I thinking that there is? Or maybe I'm thinking of, um, Delmize, but Digimon. that's, like, an anchor or something. And the one lazy butler is just that pile of garbage Pokemon. Oh! <laughs> that... <laughs> <laughs> just, just thinks and just walks around game yeah. freak if you're listening we need to complete the beauty and the beast cast of characters so we need a clock pokemon please yeah but we don't see them ever again so molly's on her own for her for the sake of this then um he goes to the place and then he discovers like these unknown he falls to this mystic world the father does Wait, we have to we have to address the fact that on her desk, like, okay, so he, she's got a laptop in her room for some reason. I don't know why the laptop is in her room. It has to be her laptop. He has his own work laptop. We oh, see later. that's right. I was keeping track of the laptops. That doesn't make sense, though, because his work email his was tied email to her. His email goes to her. I, that was weird. I, I wrote that down. I was oh. like, what is this? No, up. no, no. I get it. I get it. That's actually like saying that he cares more about his work than her. So like he can he can always have access to his work. Dang. The outlook on his five year old daughter's yeah. laptop links to his work email and like has a alert. Yeah. Yes. That's what I was talking about. Like you don't know really what's going on. Like as a kid, there's a bunch more here that you're like, dang, this child's like, you know, a victim of neglect in some ways and Spencer's a workaholic. Yeah, he's a workaholic. Well, okay, to be fair, and I did read on our favorite source ever, Bobopedia, after the fact, that there were changes between, like, the Japanese version and then, like, the English dub. Oh, yeah. Which I'm sure we'll talk about. But in this one, at least, that wasn't the case in the original. This was implied that he's become obsessive with the unknown following his wife's disappearance. Which is not the case in the original, because in the original, I think it was implied that she was just hospitalized or something, like died of an illness, not related to the unknown. But in this version, at least, he's like obsessed because he's trying to find his wife. But anyway, my point that I wanted to make was the photographs on her desk that we see when it pans to the laptop. Yes. Well. Oh, foreshadowing. Got it. Do you want to talk about it now? 
there's some familiar faces in the photograph. It's spoiler yes, there alert. Is. It's yeah. Should I just name them? Yeah, it's uh yeah. Go ahead. Okay, so we have a picture of Spencer, the wife, Molly, as a younger kid, and then Delia, Oak, and Ash. Because they're all friends, apparently. Family friends. And this is everybody's first time learning this, though. This yeah. is, you know, this isn't like you missed an episode of Pokemon where Ash randomly met Molly. No, this is like for plot. Yeah, this is uh, from Delia's wild days as Oak's protege before she fell in with Giovanni and all that crap. Oh, lordy. <laughs> So I watched this on the DVD, which cuts off the picture into full screen and not widescreen. Oh. And when it does that, it specifically cuts out Ash, Oak, and Delia in oh. the picture. So you don't oh. see them until later. Really? Interesting. I don't think that was on purpose. I think it's just widescreen is a terrible video format for something that was intended. Or sorry, full screen. It's a relic of a different time. Anyway. Interesting. Yeah, I remember I had to pick on the DVD full screen or widescreen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't have that option. Yeah, so that that's good. And that's a good point, Alex. We get some shadowing, and Spencer falls through the portal of unknown and activates something that, like, earthly... It's going to destroy the Earth, potentially. But uh, it ends right there, the beginning of the movie, because now we're on to our heroes that are walking along. We meet Ash... Yes, Austin? Entei. What? What? You skipped Entei. Wait, really? Oh, oh, are we talking about, like, her s- summoning thing? Yeah, Spencer falls into the hole or whatever. Oh yeah, Spencer falls into hell. The portal, right? Ultra wormhole. Oh, and then and then <laughs> Molly. She gets the bad news that her father is dead, presumably. Well, they think he's dead. Yeah. He's missing. And then she plays Ouija Scrabble with the unknown tiles and uh summons uh the beast. I thought that was after the intro. I'm sorry. That little detail. <laughs> <laughs> forgot about that little deets right there i thought that was after the beginning but uh or the intro the unknown show up and they're really cute and they make cute little noises but they're really evil they're the most evil things ever molly's like you want to play with me and in that moment they like forge a psychic bond of a parasitic lecher lech leeching something going on i don't know and they start to warp reality all around her and she's like this is fine oh she's thrilled like all these unknowns keep appearing and they get into like these weird geometric spirals and they've been in the air. It, I, I thought it was a really cool effect, actually. Like they're kind of like in a summoning circle or some shit in the air. I don't know. And they're singing, too, while they're in the circle, which is like really cool. They create the Entei. She says, you're my father. You came back as an Entei. And he's like, I guess I'm your father. Papa Entei is here. Papa. Papa Entei. This is not real Entei, though, right? No. This is fake. Crystal, weird reality demon creature. Only Takashi Shudo could look at that Entei and be like, I know what we gotta do. It's the imagination of a young girl made reality through the mourning of her father. I would never come up with that. Like I said, it's dark. Especially when you throw, like like you said, the unknown or just this parasite feeding off her. And she's sort of like the power for their plan i guess to destroy the world i don't know what they got against the world but they're trying to like kill everybody in it i like to think they're like literally like feeding off of her and she's like kind of in a like sedative state where she's not questioning what's happening well they took advantage of her too right so like they know like she's emotionally compromised yeah compromised that's a good way and they know like we're gonna manipulate this little girl see it's pretty god they're so villainous yeah it's uh it's pretty harsh like i said as a kid you may not get that but like watch it now you're like man this is like 
that's just the beginning of it, right? Uh, is there anything else I forgot that's not after Ash fighting the lady that's coming up? No. Uh. She makes she remakes the palace or the manor or whatever into like crystalline flower structure. Yeah, they call it crystal. I'm not even sure what exactly it's like. I guess crystal is the right word. So I have a question. So this whole thing stems from like, obviously the very last thing she did with her dad, like the thing that's like fresh in her mind is she was reading this storybook, which they don't even explain the origins of. It's like this ancient tome that's like the unknown slash Ente book for whatever reason. And it's like, here's the legendary Pokemon unknown. And also there was like a fairy girl riding like an Ente in a very stylized kind of way. And that was like it. But, like, there wasn't a crystal palace that was, like, depicted, or was it? Did I miss it? There was. We see some more pages later on, near the end. Oh. And one of them is, like, the barren crystal jutting out in all directions. So, this is so Oh, you're evil. right. Everything she creates is from the book. So what is this book? Like, that's my real question now. It's like... It's Jumanji, the book. The Jumanji. It's Jumanji. <laughs> she can't distinguish between reality and fiction or she hates reality so much she has to create a fictional world to live in where she can be happy dang it's a heavy theme she's rejecting her father's death as a small child who can't understand that concept really also can at the same time and she's just pushing it all out and she says no my father's not dead he's right here and he's ente because the humans suck and we live in a happy world. We live together forever. I mean, that makes perfect sense. I mean, she's already gone through the traumatic loss of her mother, presumably. Like, which at the time, that's what we know. And I know that, like we said, the themes are different. Like, in the original, she supposedly died of an illness. And then oh. in this one, she's implied to have disappeared in this unknown. This is very, I got like Lusamine and Moan vibes from this. Like, he was researching Aww. something and then got sucked into the ultra wormhole. But it's like reverse, like they're researching the unknown and she got sucked into the ultra wormhole. Like, I have a theory about that. Oh, what? I think maybe this movie had some inspiration for the sun and moon storylines and characters. Don't you think? That's a good point. Yeah. So there's portals appearing everywhere. They go to different worlds and people are being snatched and taken away, you know, fairy style. You think that the... Well, the unknown dimension, like, how does that, if any, connect with the ultra wormhole, like, dimension, ultra dimension? I think there's some inspo there. Yeah. I'm not thinking, I'm not saying there's anything actual. I'm just saying it seems there's some themes in common here. Wasn't, like, a theory, like, later on, like, unknown are ultra beasts? Like, they're weird. I think of the unknown as kind of, like, Arceus's programming of the universe. Oh, neat. <laughs> that might be my fan fiction. Because Arceus and Unknown are associated with each other. Okay. Oh, okay. So I kind of think of them as like the ATCG. Like the DNA. Or like reality itself. That's kind of interesting. I, ooh, I subscribe to that. Okay, so maybe there's a connection here. More than Pokemon realizes, but I wish they wouldn't be so afraid to like make connections like that. Like, yeah, the Unknown are also Ultra Beasts. And like that back then was a foreshadowing to this now. Like whatever. I think I also read that there was an episode of WandaVision that copied this uh, plot line, too, when I was looking up stuff for this movie. What? I mean, all of WandaVision is she rejects reality and creates her own perfect world. That's probably it, then. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that's I just, the whole it thing. Was, I didn't read the article, just the headline, so. She doesn't want to accept the death of her husband or whatever, so she create recreates him as, like, a fake illusion. Oh, okay. Oh, there you go. Yeah. All right. That was just the prologue, everybody. So that's... Uh, yep. 
that's just a prologue. That's that is a heavy beginning. Now we get to like the actual opening. I, I, I skipped it because it's just like you're <laughs> always skipping shit. <laughs> It's this just, wasn't the sad goodbye montage. This was the opening battle, no, but obligatory it, battle. It's the same intro as the other two movies, though. Yeah. You know, like, he meets someone, Brock hits on him, gets rejected, there's a battle, and then we slowly transition into, like, disaster. I mean, I like this opening battle animation a lot. One of the few times we, at this point, where we kind of see the Pokemon interacting in the real world space... Like Chikorita runs up the slide and Pikachu uses um, the swing for momentum and stuff like that. That's Ash using his environment. It's just a silly little intro battle to play the song along with. But probably one of the better animation and choreographed battles we've had up to this point in the anime. So that's why I wanted to point it out. It's on that movie budget, baby. Yeah, they're letting you they're letting you know right off the bat that we spent some dough on this, which they did. I mean, it, it is like a very good looking movie. How does it look in five times speed? That part was pretty cool. Like, uh, it's like you see a slide and then a Pokemon just disappears. And, you know, it's like stop motion almost. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but even though I didn't say about the opening, like it's pretty similar to your other first two movies. It sets, well, it continues the trend, but like it also continues, like sets the stage for like future, like, oh, you know, we meet the train, the intro trainer and then like do the battle to the opening theme song and then go on from there. We also get to see all the Johto Pokemon. Yeah, we got to see some cool ones like Granbull, Girafferig. Have we seen Girafferig before? Jacob has. We have not. Yeah, because <laughs> I've watched one episode out of oh, order. Oh, that's right. So I've already seen it. <laughs> um, Apom. Yeah, Apom's debut. Lots of debuts. Yes. New Pokemon. So that was cool. Yeah, sell the cards, sell the plushes, sell the blankets, sell the onesies, sell the silicone backpacks. Silicone backpacks? <laughs> Because they got to be clear to go into events. Oh, okay. So. Oh, that's true. Uh, <laughs> I don't have one of those. I probably should get one. You probably should. I would definitely recommend everybody should have like clear baggage. Not like Molly's kind of baggage, but like, you know. I did buy one for a concert recently. Smart. Make sure you can wear it on your front too, right? Yep. Yep. Theft is a lot easier on your back. But uh, speaking of theft, um, someone gets stolen pretty soon after we get done with this intro. And it begins with Molly's desire for motherhood you make it sounds like she wants to be a mother she can't she may sorry you know <laughs> she's longing for motherhood she's longing for a mother figure in her yes. life but can we back up a little before that we have to go to the setting which is getting destroyed greenfield which we've never heard of but apparently misty has always wanted to visit greenfield ever since she was the child it's just been her dream place to go and visit and tour is it supposed to be like Holland or something? I don't know what it's supposed to be. It's beautiful. It's really nice. Yeah, it kind of yeah. is yeah. very... It's like a Swiss mountain shot, you know, and you yeah. see like the mountains surrounding the little cottages. All Pokemon movies inexplicably take up place in Europe somewhere, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is idyllic farmland with flowers, and it's supposed to be very legendary for its scenic vistas, and so they run up to it and discover something horrible has happened here. It's frozen in carbonite. Oh my god. Oh no. Crystals are just engulfing. What? I like crystals are this crystallization just engulfing Greenfield. I don't know what like every time Molly experienced any emotion, I don't know if it's like happiness or sadness, the crystal like expands like it just grows. It's protecting her heart. Yeah. Oh. Her metaphorical heart. Her metaphorical it's heart. It's freezing everyone out. 
but yeah, every time she has like an emotion, it like grows. And I guess she's like I mentioned, she was missing a mother who also has like vanished. There's differences between this one and the Japanese one. Like the mother's dead in one, and the mother's kind of just like gone or got swallowed by the unknown. This one, what what's the story of the mother here? Why don't we table that for later? Or do you want to do it now? Just get out of the way. We just get out of the way. Did y'all watch the credits? Yes. Yes. Like the ending after when they're like, yes. yeah. Okay. Did y'all read the Bulbapedia stuff about this? A little bit. Mm, I did not. Okay. So obviously the dub makes it so the mom was some sort of other research scientist of some sort. And it's presumed that when Spencer comes back, she also came back from wherever the hell she was. Yeah. So not to... S- skip ahead too much so in the japanese i don't think they like showed that part right no they did oh they did but it wasn't that animation's the same oh, okay so they but they never she was never dead okay and it's the same mother from the picture so it's her unless he just had some random lady dress up like her dressed like my dead wife yeah dressed like my <laughs> dead wife i don't think they went that direction there's one unknown left and it's just making this fake mom for her it's like floating there. It's wearing her hat and it has like the dress <laughs> draped around it. It's really just an unknown, but they see it as the mother. Yeah. Oh, it's creating an illusion, of course. <laughs> you can feel it. It's like shallow how. They don't ever actually say where the mom is, but she was ill somehow somewhere else. And apparently she's doing better now at the end. <laughs> All right. That's so according. Opinion. So just to clarify. So according to Bulbapedia, citing our sources here. One of the bullets says the identity of the woman who returned home with Spencer Hale was not revealed in the movie itself, but was confirmed in the screenplay to be her mother. And then this says that this is one of the reasons Takashi Shudo retired from making Pokemon movies after this movie. What? He was an odd guy, so. He didn't get the ending he wanted. They went over his head, I guess. Yeah, upon learning who she was by getting a copy of the screenplay mentioned that Hideki Sonoda had fundamentally misunderstood the point behind the screenplay stating that had his own mother been alive and he had been in Molly's shoes, he would have never abducted another person's mother. What? Dang, there's some drama. This is the last movie Shudo did and the first one Sonata did. And Sonata's going to do all of them for quite some time. Ah. This is where the changeover happens. Here, all right, these two points say originally the scene where Spencer returns after... Okay, so this is jumping way ahead. After he returns... This is what the dub changes. Okay. Yes. He returns from the unknown world. For the English dub, the scene was moved prior to the ending credits so that the Western audiences weren't confused. Because apparently Western audiences tend to leave before the credits roll. So they moved it so that they would know, oh, she never ended up an orphan. Like, he actually came back from hell. Oh, Okay. This one says, in the original Japanese version, Spencer's wife's presence was never directly stated in the movie, although guidebooks revealed she'd been hospitalized. However, the English dub, her absence is explained as her having gone missing while studying the unknown. It strongly applies his obsession with unknown stem from his wife's disappearance. The news report on the phenomenon says that she disappeared two years prior to the events of the movie. And there's another twist. Yeah. Because in the DVD commentary from the four kids people... They said, that they asked, okay, where's the mom? And they were told, he's in a mental institution. Whoa. Oh. Okay. Oh. So they went, oh. <laughs> Unknown is right. Unknown, because no one knows what the hell's going on with this movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was right. There you go. <laughs> so she could have gone crazy by researching the unknown, though. Maybe that's what put her. 
she probably fell into the portal and then got she got spat back out because she was too weak and now she probably just like drools all the time and oh, she's like or the unknown drained her brain and they found an adult woman mind it didn't fit them so they needed her daughter yeah they needed like a young manipulative mind like her mind was too like established Dang. she didn't have imagination she didn't have the plasticity of a child's mind <laughs> there you go so now they so it got fried <laughs> it got fried that's dark you guys jesus <laughs> But the, hey, that's that's what they were told. I mean, I would come to that conclusion. So in this version, though, she didn't. She's just implied to also have gotten sucked into the wormhole, and then somehow yeah. question mark. And then men men are just immature, so that's the reason why Spencer's fine when he gets sped out. Yeah, I'm gonna fan fiction this and say the unknown fix whatever was wrong with her when they went back to their world or whatever. <laughs> she got it she's back. Like, she's like, oh, I'm fine now. Okay, let me go home. She's like, whoa, whoa, whoa what's going? On? What? Where am I? Where's Molly? <laughs> I'm going to just choose to believe that she died of an illness unrelated to the unknown. And came back to life. No, and that Spencer is just a sad, lonely man who met another woman who just happened to either A, already look exactly like and dress exactly like his deceased wife. No. That's the theory you're going with? Yeah. They they should have they should have had a scene like when at the very beginning when like Spencer's talking to one of the, a new butler or something he goes, where's your wife? Uh, what's going on? It's like, she died. And the guy's like, how? And then Spencer goes, it's unknown. Oh, my and God. Then, <laughs> then like, I like it being an unknown in a wig. I think that's fun. The it's wife is a bunch of unknown in a dress? <laughs> no, yeah. it's one unknown. It's one unknown that doesn't make it back. Oh, my God. Because they're useless by themselves, you know? Yeah. It's trying to conjure back its friends. It's a bunch <laughs> of rats in a coat. Okay. <laughs> oh, my God. We're already off the rails. We're not even like a quarter of the way this through. That's fun. <laughs> Spoiler alert for the whole movie. Anyway, so. This is a lot of fun. Everyone's already seen this movie. It's an iconic movie for Pokemon fans. <laughs> yeah. So it's fine. Yeah. Sorry we may have stole the ending for you if you've never seen this before. But hey. just like that, Delia gets stolen. And she's picked because like, you know, she's in the pictures before that we saw. I assume Inte saw her and then was like, she just happened to be there. It's really convenient. You know, he didn't have to go that far. So just to preface really quick. So Delia is involved. Oak and Delia come because they see the news broadcast about this crystallization phenomenon happening. So she reveals she knew him in childhood and she runs over to Oak. And she's like, oh, my God, Samuel, did you see what is happening in Greenfield? Oh, my God, Spencer, that poor man. He's already been through so much. We have to go. Help. She's having an affair with Spencer. No, I don't like no, that. No, no, she, he no, was no, no. old. He was he's maybe like what 15 years older than 10 her? years older 10, than her older yeah years older which i mean that doesn't mean anything but i think i think he was the tracy yeah. oh he was yeah. the assistant who went on to become his own professor in his own right but he was good though he was actually good yeah. he became an ultra billionaire somehow also tracy was there we saw tracy he had lines yes tracy was there and delia is like oh my god you guys this is horrible we have to go and help and so that's why she ends up there and that's why like i think molly also has like an eye in the sky somehow and she's like tapping into the news feed and she sees delia and ash just eating lunch and she's like spying on them and she's like that's my mother now like that's my mother now (laughs) that whole thing was really convenient because everyone's evacuated except for like reporters nurse joy and officer jenny Tyler, who is spencer's research assistant and the twerps yeah. And a bulldozer, bulldozer driver. And a bulldozer, too. and those people. 
And the reporter's like, an emergency response team has arrived on the scene, and the emergency response team is Oak and Delia. Oh my god! <laughs> That's the best we could send. <laughs> yep. They didn't even send Professor Ivy this time. So I guess the cameraman's like, ooh, this is great, you know, this is great news. So he records Ash and Delia reuniting, and Molly's like, no, that's my mommy. They get her, right? And she then she gets put underneath like a spell thing, too. The spell of the unknown. Yeah, the spell of the unknown, which makes her actually think that she is Molly's, like, mother, too. So in a way, like, if this world becomes crystallized or whatever, and I guess Molly's, I don't know what the end goal is here for the unknown, but they can use Molly to control and manipulate people, too, to think differently from reality. It, it's an interesting, like, power that they reveal that these things have. You don't think it's the, it's the exact same thing that happens to Nurse Joy in the first movie with Mewtwo. He, like, hypnotizes her. Good point, Alex. With his ball hands that he swishes around. I wonder if there's, like, a limit to the range that the Unknown have. Like, Mewtwo has to, like, wag its fingers in front of you. The Unknown, they kind of just, like, that's what Molly wants. They're using Entei as, like, their agent. Yeah, the fake Entei. Yes, Delia's there. And Delia's gone. She's gone now. Yeah, she's gone now. She's there and then she's gone. She shows up and then immediately gets stolen. Oh my gosh, but we have to mention how Ash actually gives a crap about Delia. This is early Ash, who still loves his mother. Mm-hmm. And doesn't actively try to, like, get rid of her or insult her or whatever. He's actually like, no, you can't take my mom. Come back. Like, and then he runs after her. Brock has to hold him back because he's like, Ash, no, it's too dangerous. You don't know what's out there. But the fact that Ash still cares enough about her to be like, hey, mom, he gives her a hug. He is excited to see her. He cares about her well-being. This happened 15 years later. Ash would have been like, my mom got kidnapped by an Entei. How embarrassing for me. <laughs> this is going to ruin my reputation. So, yeah. so let's just go to the next gym battle. I don't care. <laughs> exactly. God, can we even get through this crystal to get there? Oh my God. This like, how dare you, mom? How could you do this to me? Like, I have stuff I have to do. We're on TV. You couldn't be not kidnapped for one minute? For real. This is why I appreciate this Ash, at least, because actually he cares about his mom, at least somewhat. The first thing he does is he's going in there, right? Like, he's chopping out the bit to get in this, like, I don't know, crystallized structure. Do we, is there anything we talk about before we, like, break in and the battle start? I was uh, surprised by how little Officer Jenny, her role, she, I don't think she even had, like, one line. Joy and Jenny didn't say a single word. They didn't. She doesn't say, like, run? No. Or... No. Oh, okay. I thought, like, when they're getting engulfed later on, she may go, like, run! But that may have been, that actually may have been nope. someone else, so... She's completely useless. So much for emergency response team, Jenny. They just made their little cameos before they stopped appearing in these movies as frequently. Yeah, that's true. Speaking of cameos, somebody else made a cameo. Somebody else who was also watching the news. I thought you meant Tracy for a second, but yes. Yeah, well, is there anything you wanted to say about Tracy? Because you just brought him up. No, I just wanted to acknowledge him. He exists. He had a a speaking line more than uh, Jenny and Joy had. Good point. But also, somebody else is watching the news, and that person is Liza, and also Charla, who is sitting at uh. the table having tea inside, and who's peeping through the window eavesdropping on this, none other than Charizard. Charizard's like, oh my god, Ash is in trouble, gotta fly off to help, so. That was cool, I like that. That was a really cool way to reintroduce Charizard. The movies at this point are like very much intertwined with the show proper, in a way that they're not gonna be. You mean like later on? Like the later on they yeah. kind of just become their own side stories? Yeah, I think most of the later movies, not all of them, but most of them like 
like you would never have Charizard flying in in the later movie or something like that, you know? Yeah. Professor Oak and Delia show up or stuff like that. Yeah, I get. Yeah, that is true. That's a good. That is a good point. Not entirely, but largely. Did we forget about this team rocket showed up yet? I totally forgot they were in this movie. Oh, they just make their little background appearances like they yeah, always do. Yeah, I'm about to say, Team Rocket yeah. is in this movie. They I'll have, throw that out there. They have shown up. They're there. Put it that way. Delia has more of a role in this movie, of course, than Team Rocket does. They're kind of causing mischief. I think there's a line that Meowth actually breaks the fourth wall. And I, I won't say it because it might be somebody's quote. Or is it? Is it somebody's quote? Mine's not. No. I have others. Okay. He says, hopefully we get a bigger part in the next movie. Like, they actually acknowledge it. Which they actually do. They do have a bigger part in the next movie. Well, there you go. There you go. Now we can move on. I guess that was like, I don't know if the climax is Delia getting stolen, but. End of Act 1, Delia stolen. Start of Act 2, get into the fortress or whatever it is. Ash is trying to break into the fortress. Now, and he just goes gun ho, like Alex said. He's just like trying to get in any way possible. It was really cute. He's like, we gotta go, Pikachu. And then he starts running down the hill with his arm spread going, <laughs> he's just screaming, going in like the battle. He's ready to go to war. He's getting Delia back. He's like miles away from the manor, and he's still, he's like doing like a war cry. <laughs> <laughs> I like how prior to that, like literally what you said, Austin, before, it's like the emergency response team is literally like one Jenny, a Joy, and then like <laughs> Oak and Delia just show up on their own accord. They weren't asked to come. They just like see the news broadcast, and like, oh my God, we have to go because we know Spencer personally. And all Jenny supposedly does from, like, an official standpoint is she calls in, like, one or two construction workers with a bulldozer. And we're like, oh, my God, a woman's been kidnapped and is being held against her will and possessed by an evil Entei crystal demon spirit thing. What are we going to do? I know. Send in the bulldozer. And then that was it. And they're like, oh, we've tried everything and nothing's worked. Shout out to the bulldozer guys, though. They They were brave. They did try. Yeah, they tried. They actually made it pretty far, too. Like, that was awesome, you know? And actually was seeing it tear up like that. And I thought the guy was going to die. He almost That's did. That's really dangerous, too. Uh, it, they crashed. They, like, the, the thing fell on its side, and they had to get up and run away. Yeah. yeah. And he there was not much time between him getting out of it and it being, like, you know... Engulfed. Absorbed. Yeah. He could have been killed easily in several ways. That guy mm-hmm. was the bravest guy. Aside So, aside from Ash, obviously, who runs down the hill, like, he... Is the only one taking matters into his own hands. Like, there was no other contingency plan other than, we'll try to bulldoze it. Oh, no, it didn't work. Like, that was it. I wrote that down. What would they have done had this not been resolved within a single night? I don't think they had a plan. Like, the crystal kept spreading and that they called in, like, nobody. They didn't call in, like, the Elite Four. They didn't call in anyone. Like, what are we supposed to do? I wouldn't expect them to have a plan, really, for this. It's kind of out of the random. I do get the lack of, like responsiveness to it it's kind of like everyone's in shock and no one's doing anything about it that or they all saw ash and the twerps were on the scene and they were like don't worry about it (laughs) i've seen that kid before this boy's already yeah he saved the world twice already no need to worry remember that orange islands lugia thing yeah we're good that kid wants to be a pokemon master what's that i don't know but he wants to be it so he's gonna he's gonna solve the problem oh my oh my goodness yeah bulldozer guy was awesome that may be my mvp so just like the Bulldozer guy, Ash, I forgot how Ash necessarily gets in the fortress. Isn't there like running water? Yeah. Like a, he finds like an old sewage pipe that somehow wasn't stopped by the crystals. And he's able to kind of like use Chikorita to climb her vine whip up the thing. Yeah. Every moment of this is like on like live television where Molly's watching it. 
she actually sends them a nasty video message on her laptop from her laptop. And <laughs> That's she's right. Like, she sends it to Oak and she's like, you better stay away from here because you're ruining everything. I like to think she reached out to Professor Oak specifically. She has his personal email address. Yeah. yeah. She just found it from her dad's computer and was like, this guy looks important. They've emailed like 70 times. Well, she has access to his like work outlook. So yeah. <laughs> she does. <laughs> send him yeah. an email. She's- and he's well known too, so she sent like reply all, and you know that's the whole world. It went out to every professor in the world. Stay away. Leave us alone. <laughs> What's this kid doing? <laughs> yeah, that's just breaking it. That this is where like Delia motherly love overtakes. I don't know psychosis, whatever you call it. She's able to kind of like see Ash, and then she's like, "Oh, Molly's not my kid. Ash is actually my my baby boy." Whatever she says, you know, she's like, "Get down from there!" She breaks herself out of her own hypnosis. Yeah, how badass was Delia in this movie? She that sees cool. Ash in danger, and she's like, "Ash, you get down from there right this second. And then realizes, "Oh." And she has the wherewithal to be like, "Oh yeah, I've been kidnapped by this like creature, and I need to pretend I'm still hypnotized, so it doesn't." kill me essentially yeah. there's also a really cool moment in that scene too where you really see how Entei is really tied to molly's like emotions because when delia does that molly's like huh and Entei Entei at the exact same time is like huh like they both look at her the exact <laughs> same expression and then like she recalibrates and is like oh yeah i'm kidnapped but like they move at the exact same time and they make the, the exact same face with the two when she does that like you know, when she breaks her trance or whatever. I, th- I thought that was pretty cool. Hmm. Oh, man. How creepy. Ante is like her projection of a father figure from her own mind. But she has control over it, too. So yeah. it's like... <laughs> it's just, and it's all know, powerful. It's, yeah, what's going on in this movie? So now we get to move on to some exciting battles. We're broken in. Ash is able to get in. Molly sees it, but, you know, she doesn't really... She does try to stop it, but... You know, there's no, she no, no crystals form around this entryway. Well, now she's having fun. She's having fun because she's like, ooh, Pokemon trainers are in my house. I don't want to be a Pokemon trainer. And she enters like the Sleeping Beauty Snow White state of like psychic projection with Entei. She like goes through the walls and shit. Yeah. You forgot what Entei says too. Like she's like, I want to be a Pokemon trainer. And Entei's like, ask for it and so shall it be. Or something, you know, like. The stuff he's been saying the whole time is like, if you believe it, <laughs> it can happen. It's just like, okay, you know, let's just give this little girl whatever she wants. Well, she starts projecting herself as like an adult. She, you know, she wants to be a trainer, a gym leader or whatever. So she like becomes an adult. She's like a, has like a womanly body. She astral projects her mind into like this fake body that's like an adult person, which thankfully, thank God. And I was, I couldn't remember this part exactly but I'm like, I swear to God, if they make Brock, like, attracted to her, that'd be fucked up. And they didn't. They, they didn't. They did not. That is a really good point. I didn't think about that. That's a really good point. Of the three, Brock immediately knew what was going yeah, on. He, yeah. Ash and Misty were like, who did woman? And <laughs> Brock was like, that's Molly right there. She, she's talking like a little girl. <laughs> that's Brock's gift, do you think? Because he hits on so many women. He, like, immediately was like, oh, this, is not, this woman's not right. Something's not right here. And thank God, too, he had he didn't even have a shred for even a second. Like, Austin, you're right. Like, immediately he knew what was going on. He's like, that's Molly's mind. Like, that isn't her. He saw immediately what was happening. Yeah, I bet the writers were like, oh, thank God we have Brock on the crew, not Tracy at this point. This would be so... Oh, God, God knows what Tracy would have done. <laughs> I have Tracy to draw you. 
Trey's no tell. We wouldn't have made it inside the castle. Tracy would stop stopping every five minutes to draw. He said something creepy to the little girl. I mean, the writers were like, oh, thank God. We don't have to deal with this. And then Brock comes up with the with the plan. He, on his feet, is like, well, we gotta, dis- this little girl, we gotta distract her. And so we can make it up to the room. Yeah. And get Delia and get out. So we're gonna, like, entertain her for a while. Yeah, Brock, I mean, maybe that comes from his having, like, multiple siblings. Like, he knew exactly how to play towards her, like, oh, yeah, like, we'll play into your fantasy. Like, oh, yeah, let's battle. Oh, you're such a good, strong Pokemon trainer, Molly. Like, that's super cool. Like, he engaged with her exactly as you would a child to keep them entertained. Letting him win, like he throws his Vulpix out there and, there and Molly calls an attack, like tackle or something. And then Brock just doesn't call any counterattack. He just lets Vulpix get hit and is like, oh gosh, you know, Molly. Yeah, like you were saying, you're so great. Like, honestly, he was doing that, but I think he did it in a good way where he wasn't patronizing to her. Like he actually entertain, like indulged this and, you know, didn't treat her like a little kid, but he did. Yeah, he didn't lay it on too thick, right. you know, like he, he didn't overdo it. It was like the right amount to be like, I can trick her into, you know, thinking she's doing something. Like he gave her the illusion of choice and like, oh, yeah, you can battle me. Oh, that's awesome. Like the illusion of choice. The illusion of choice. Yeah. I don't know. I kind of like the way he handled that. Uh, did we like the battle where Onyx got oh my God. thrown <laughs> away into like, like a ragdoll? <laughs> Poor thing. Oh, yeah, it was Onyx versus Fampy. Yeah, this is the butlers and maids become Molly's Pokemon. That's what we're going to stick with here. We didn't even see what became of Onyx. Like, we saw, okay, Zubat got knocked out. (laughs) Olpix got knocked out. Okay, whatever. Onyx flies off into the void, never to be seen again. (laughs) What level do you think Molly's Pokemon are at? They're like level 200. They're like not real. Yeah, they're they're on steroids. They're beyond, because he says that too. He's like, they're way stronger than normal Pokemon. Like, this isn't normal. It's not like they're behaving according to irrationality. It's Molly thinking, I'm going to win. And so she wins. Yeah. You're in her world now. Poor Onyx. God. And we don't see it after that, I don't think. That's Brock's final Pokemon too, right? That's like his last <laughs> right. little thing. So it's like a three on three battle. What happens to Brock after though? Does we he don't just like- see him for a while. Yeah, I was wondering, like, what happens after they lose? Do they get crystallized or? No, they're fine. They're fine. She just she just moves on, leaves them there. Okay. She has to, based on what we know later. It's like floors, right? So this is the first floor and then the second floor coming up and then the third floor. Yeah, it's like Dante's Inferno kind of thing. Yeah, each, levels each level is a different hell. level of hell. <laughs> yeah. So Brock, Brock loses, of course. I mean, there's no way anybody's going to win. And then we go up to the next floor, and this is this is pretty cool. Uh, Misty battles Molly, but Molly changes like forms here. Like she's like, does she go younger here? She turns into a ten-year-old. She becomes Ash and Misty's age because she's so impressed with Misty for being a ten-year-old gym leader. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's right. She's like, oh, you're a gym leader. I want to be a gym leader too, and that makes you transform into a younger person. And she's behaving like a little girl, but she's behaving like a little girl playing pretend. Because first she was trying to be like an adult woman and now she's just trying to be like a big kid. Yeah, that was a good, good detail. Like she starts out being an adult because she thinks she has to be an adult to train Pokemon. So she's like a 20 something and then realizes, oh, I can be just like you. And the unknown are loving this, by the way. I think the whole time they're just spinning in their circle, loving the fact that she's living in fantasy world and they can manipulate everything she does. You kind of forget that they're there. A little bit, but every time she has a spiral of emotion, these unknown let their presence known. Okay, we're going to do an underwater battle now, so we got to flood the room. Yeah. <laughs> That's... 
they're like doing like project management over there. Yeah, I like wonder how much of a part they played into that. Like they're obviously just trying to summon the Netherworld into the place. So they're just letting Molly go free, free for all while they're doing this. But I, I don't know. Maybe they're feeding off her. They're like in a feedback loop. Honestly, I think they're just like pure id, pure. Give her what she wants. Give her she what she wants. Yeah, keep her happy so we can just like siphon off her brain. Anyway, like, you know, Austin said, this room does fill with water because, you know, Misty is a she's a water Pokemon trainer. So, of course, she's going to battle water Pokemon. But this is cool because they can actually breathe underwater here. Like, Ash is actually trying to outrun this room filling up. He can't. But then he's like, oh, wait, you can breathe here. This is, like, not reality. God, this was horrifying. This was, like, a nightmare. Like, could you imagine, like being in a room full of water like misty at first is like oh my god we're gonna drown you know and she's like covering your mouth and she's like oh wait actually this is this isn't real this isn't real oh god yeah. i hate the the idea of being like trapped in a room full of, oh my god i hate it well she first starts being able to breathe underwater but as like molly and misty battle each time misty loses she loses a little bit of her ability to breathe underwater oh my gosh the sonic the hedgehog <laughs> music starts playing the do 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 oh anxiety inducing oh yeah that doesn't happen um goldine does make an appearance though that does happen You're better than onyx yeah. Okay, this little girl, by the way, is a cheater because she's always calling out like the most intense pokemon she's like go kingdra i'm like what the you can't just lead with a Kingdra. She's calling out the Pokemon that she has toys of in her bedroom. Oh, does she? Do we see? Yeah, she has like a little teddy bear, teddy Ursa, and she has like a Vampy slide and stuff like that. She had a Dawn fan slide and a Ponyta rocking horse. Okay, she did not call out a Ponyta. So where did, I did not see the Kingdra. I may have made that up. Okay. It was an illusion. I don't know where she saw, maybe she saw them in that book, but. She had one in a tank in her bedroom, like a tank, you know, like a fish tank. She had a checklist of Johto Pokemon that haven't appeared in the episodes yet. And she's like, okay, they haven't done Kingdra yet. So I got to summon that one. You don't see Kingdra a lot in the anime, so give it some uh, hype time. I like Kingdra. It made a cool noise. I like its battle cry. Mm-hmm. That was really cool. Mantine too. That was cool. Yeah, that was cool too. That's not a debut, is it? Yes, it is. It is. Okay, I like that one. That was cool. I'm see. I'm looking on Cerebi to see if the Pokemon showed up. What do you mean? Oh, like the picture, like, the yeah. dolls. Yeah. Oh. There's something in the background. Is it a Kingdra? Honestly, there could have been anything in the background, and I wouldn't be able to see it because I was watching it in full screen. <laughs> Hold on. I'm there a- could have been all sorts of things on the edges of the screen. You missed all the Easter eggs. I could have. Cerebi, what the hell? These are tiny. You can't even, like, enlarge the photo. They're like thumbnails. I can't see this. This isn't... Okay, no, this is impossible. All I can see is the Ponyta and the Dom fan. Okay, this is not helpful. Okay. All right, never mind. So Mewtwo... Or I was like, what, Mewtwo? Mewtwo. I was, uh, that picture came up on uh, my screen when I Googled something. <laughs> Mewtwo. So now we're on like the... Misty loses, of course. Now we're on to the big shebang. All right, we're, I guess, top floor. And Ash is there trying to get Delia. And this is where Charizard comes in to play well what did you mention that she breaks the fantasy and tells molly the truth this was my favorite part of the entire movie what her telling her the truth yeah that she's not you know she like lays it down yeah she ash finds delia and he's like come on we gotta go she wakes up molly who's like you said she's in that sleeping beauty state and she just levels with her and she's like look i know this is difficult for you to understand but i'm not really your mom i'm ash's mom and I got to go with Ash and we got to go. We all have to go together. But 
I'm not your mom. Then she has a little tantrum and that that's when things get dangerous. And Austin, what, you have thoughts on this? Your favorite part? Anyway, the most important part is the fact that Delia feels safest when she's with Ash. Because that's the only time that she reveals that she's actually Ash's mother. I wrote that too. That that and Auntie's gone. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's a good point. And then I really like how as Molly is giving into like despair, the lights dim and like the, the walls and such kind of fade away into oblivion and all these like crystallized violent structures appear. Yeah. And it's like it's kind of like enshrouding Molly and spikes and she's like shielded off from everyone. That was good imagery. Her emotion easily dictates the environment of this place. And that's like the unknown that proves that they're more of a parasite and they're just feeding off what she has. And maybe that's why they try to keep her happy. It's because they need her happy to complete whatever they're trying to do. Because whenever she's like pissed, they just... They lose control. Yeah. They don't have any control over her. I don't know. Like I said, I don't know what the unknown's end goal is, but you know, that's they're tied together. I don't think they have one. I think they're just acting on instinct. Maybe they just want to exist. Maybe like if they don't have like a host, they go back to being in those blocks. And so they're just trying to be able to float around. I don't know. I think they're just thinking that they're doing, I don't think they're really thinking at all. I think they're just, they wanted to fulfill somebody's reality and that she was the closest person. They're like cells or something. Yeah, they're not (laughs) sentient. They're just like a hive mind of like unknown. Sorry, Molly, your unknown cell counts a little high. We're going to have to reduce the, uh, the, the sodium in your diet. Oh my gosh. We need less dead or missing parents, Molly. This is when Molly really gives into despair when Ash like tries to grab Delia and go and they try to leave Molly behind because there's like we there's nothing more we can do. They think she's too far gone, right? She tries at first to get her to come with her and Ash, but she's like, no, no, I can't. You know, all this stuff. This is my papa, you know, all those things. And they're like, OK, uh, fuck this. We got to go. Like, we can't. We'll deal with this later, but we got to get out. I think it's also when Delia sees the pages of the storybook. Mm hmm. And she also starts screaming at Roger Taylor does a great job. She's like yelling at Molly, like, you got to think about your real mother and your real father. That thing is not your father. She sounded like Maury. Yeah, like Maury Povich. (laughs) You are not the father. not the father, (laughs) Ente. Is that the episode title? (laughs) Ente, you are not the father. Yes. 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 (laughs) Good one. Oh, my God. I uh, thought that this battle sequence, so, you know, obviously the battle ensues, Entei comes back, he senses that Molly is distraught. Ash almost, he like throws Ash into like a bottomless chasm, which luckily Charizard appears right at that perfect moment to save him from dying. And then they have this Charizard versus Entei battle because none of Ash's other Pokemon can stand up to Entei. And that, this fight gets kind of intense. They're kind of going at it pretty crazy. Charizard is getting smacked around pretty bad. He's taking it, though, like a champ. Entei just kind of uses that hyper beam. That, like, shadow. It was like a shadow Entei, kind of. Ooh. Good call, Alex. That's what it reminded me of. It was like this purple shadow fire stuff. Oh, Pokemon Coliseum. I know. That's what it really, the vibe it got, like, gave me was shadow Pokemon. I'm like, oh, this is... Shadow, because it's not a real Entei. It's a shadow of an Entei. Illusion Entei. Oh. It's an illusion, Michael. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Illusions. I've been resisting saying that the whole time. <laughs> oh, my God. Great, great, great. This is the best battle action sequence we've had in the anime to date. I'll say. All the cool little details, like the crystal spikes coming stepping stones for Entei. 
while simultaneously trying to like hear Charizard. Yes. Yeah. And like they're doing like the fire blast that you can see from miles away and all that kind of stuff. It really makes you respect Charizard too, because you know he can't win. Like mm-hmm. he's fighting a battle, he can't win. So that's another like cool aspect of it as well. Like he's really he's really bought into Ash as his trainer. Yeah, we've come a long way from like Charizard not being able to carry him, like not being able to fly with him, not listening with to him, and then now they have this like he's dying for him symbiotic bond. Yeah, like it's just that terrific valley really fixed him up. <laughs> God, Charizard was like his ride or die. Like that, them together were like... <laughs> ride or die. <laughs> they had a really good... I think, Jacob, you have a good, make a good point, though, because they had a really, really good bond. Like it was kind of like this wordless, like, this is what we have to do. Charizard was going to put his life out there to try to save Ash, Delia, and all the others. Like Because Ash isn't even calling out attacks, is he? It's literally just them... Charizard's on his own, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, what Ash is saying is actually... That's turning point because he's saying we gotta protect Molly. We gotta get Molly out of here. She's like she's the priority, and Molly's listening the whole time, and that's what changes everything. Yeah, she realized that there's other people that care for her. Well, this is where it got intense. Ante steps on Charizard's neck, and they're gonna execute him. Literally, he was about to. He he steps on his neck. Charizard's on the ground, defenseless. He's got this shadow hyper. Beam he's firing thing. it up. You yeah. know, like. Like the like a gun's like like a rail him. gun like it's like being charged up. He's about to blast Charizard like to oblivion. He's gonna take his head off. I know his head's clean off. Yeah, he's gonna blast it to where it's a headless Charizard. Really, that's that's the dark part here. I'm like Pokemon on HBO. I mean Charizard would be brutally murdered, Game of Thrones style. We do the dark and edgy spell of the unknown. God. It also shows, though, that, like, this thing... I mean, we've seen it before, I guess, but Molly, or this Entei, or whatever, these willing to kill people. Thank God this five-year-old girl has the wherewithal to say, no more. Is this when Ash nearly falls off the ledge a second time? Yes, he almost... But Brock catches him. Right, Brock, Misty, and Jesse James Meow. Yeah. There's a human chain that forms, brings him up. I like it in theory. I didn't like it in practice because, first of all, Ash already fell off that ledge. Spatial awareness is gone for Ash. Yeah, I guess. And second of all, I don't like how they took the time for Ash and Misty to be like, Team Rocket, why are you helping? I'm like, you guys, this is like serious stuff now. We don't have time for this. (laughs) We know Team Rocket's going to help you when shit's real. Come on. We've been down this road. But ultimately, Charizard avoids certain death thanks to Molly. Molly, who has a change of heart and I guess accepts real love from Love Illusion. Uh, that sounds like an album or something. Love Illusion. Ooh, love Illusion. Love Illusion. <laughs> the illusion of love. And with her turning, that's when Entei starts to, I guess, turn to and realize that this is all what Molly wants is not this fake world. She wants reality. And then Entei, I guess, battles the unknown. He's trying to penetrate the sphere of power that this unknown they lose control yeah they can't handle it anymore because molly's back in reality so that unknown stability is gone for them Entei starts battling it and it's fun to hear the voice actor of Yu-Gi-Oh say believe in me molly believe in me molly <laughs> believe in me molly just over and over again and then molly's like i believe i believe and then everybody behind her starts going we believe we believe yep. and then Entei <laughs> blasts the shield and <laughs> that's victory for the good guys right yeah <laughs> one for the gipper but yeah that's basically really i mean that we cheese it up a little bit but that's how it happens Inte says believe in me molly and there's such a bond between the fake papa and the real daughter 
that Entei is able to take down these parasitic unknown. God, this was the worst. This was the saddest part for me. Because it's like this little girl who's been through so much trauma. She knows she has to like say goodbye. Like she has to realize and come to terms with like, no, this was in your mind. Like this isn't your really your dad. You have to let him go. And she does. And her whole like fantasy world crumbles around her. And then she's like alone. Like she knows she doesn't have any more. Like her mom is gone. Her dad's gone. It's very sad. She has to metaphorically accept the loss of her father at a young age. Cut to the next scene. Her father's alive and he's back. Yep. They sped him out. This is the scene that they switched because this was supposed to be the end credits, like one of the montages and the end credits. Like he was just going to like fall out of the wormhole and then reunite with Molly, but they moved it up. They didn't have to do what they did, though. It's too sad for him to actually be dead. It's too sad. But they take it a step further, though. Because when he gets sped out, he like wakes up and then there's nothing but an arm beside him with a wedding ring oh on the God. finger. Oh my God. No, I'm kidding. That didn't happen. This okay. Is a G-rated movie. See, see, guys, this is why I said this at the beginning. Like, this is why I don't necessarily believe into 100% that the woman that he brings back later on is her mother originally. Because why would she not have gotten spat out of the wormhole with him? Because she's in a mental hospital. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's why I don't believe it. Like, <laughs> That's where she is. <laughs> she's just in the mental hospital and disappears. She never... Okay, one of two things. Like we said, she never was in the unknown dimension. She was in a mental institution. Now that the spell of the unknown is broken, she regained her mind. And he was able to, like, check her out of, like, Shady Oaks mental hospital Shady or whatever. Shady <laughs> Green then, Acres. <laughs> Green Acres. Shady Pine, Ma. Shady Pine. <laughs> yes. Or this is just some random woman who just looks like her mom. Or just by coincidence, he's just feeling a lot better now. Around the same time this went down. I like that idea. I think Austin, she was in the mental hospital. Now that the illusion and the unknowns are, they, they've stopped wreaking havoc. She, her mind is clear again and she was able to come home. The last line of the movie is, this is your new mommy. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah she she would not she behaved that was her that was her mother that she knew well she ran yeah. up to her yeah the way she was acting that and it was 100 percent her or an unknown in a wig it could be either unknown in a wig <laughs> the presence is still there that would have been a good ending for like a sequel <laughs> Ooh, a horror movie ending like, yeah like the eye opens of the it becomes like one giant unknown eye for a face instead of a human woman. And then it Ew. winks at you. <laughs> it winks at you as the credits fade. It stares into your soul. Oh, so <laughs> nobody commented on Molly's, as an adult, her earrings. Her earrings were literally unknown eyeballs. Oh, oh I didn't is that know. what they oh, were? I didn't I notice so. that. I, that's, oh, I thought shit. they were. That's what they were, right? I noticed them. I just thought they looked cool. They're unknown eyes. That's cool. That was a good catch. Real good catch. Alrighty. Sorry, we got quiet because now we're looking at Google. Yeah, we're looking at the pictures. <laughs> oh my god, the second image on Google is her sexualized. God damn it. Ew. Uh, I don't want to watch. And all the other images. Okay, that's enough what of did that. You, what did you type? Molly Hale? I typed Molly Hale adult. Oh, that was... No, no. there's your problem. That was not smart. Alright, let me try and see uh, what happens. I should have known better. Oh, come on. People, what the? Can anything be pure anymore? No, this is no, y'all. This this was this was like a five year old girl who was astral projecting. Like this is no, not okay. You should feel shame. Yikes! All right. Anyway, her earrings were unknown eyes. Yeah, I saw the earrings. They look good. <laughs> earrings were good. 
that pretty much wraps it up though right we get we get molly yeah. back or reunites with her mother definitely her father's back it's a happy ending after all this sorrow and you know hopefully spencer changes his ways too and hopefully work becomes more on the back burner and he realizes that his daughter can destroy the world if he neglects her all the mansion staff have turned back into their human selves god what about his story he spent 24 hours or more in that hell dimension floating aimlessly he and moan like hung out for a bit okay they stole that from Yu-Gi-Oh too. Like when Gramps gets kidnapped, he gets sucked into the, the DHS dimension. Yeah, he was on an island growing some pokey beans. He was fine. Hmm. Did I lose Jacob? No, I'm here. Jacob, are you there? Jacob's I'm here. There. Your video stopped. I don't see you. Austin anymore. is in the unknown hell dimension. Austin, <laughs> where am I? Okay, <laughs> that was a. It was a good movie, you guys. I really enjoyed it. Definitely the favorite yeah. so far. It's the best of the original three. I agree with that. And then, like I said, it hits different, like, watching it as a older person or an adult versus watching it as a kid. Mm-hmm. Now I see, like, the dark undertones that I would have been like, what is this as a kid? So that's cool. We broke it down pretty good. Probably the best review of this movie ever done. Subscribe to our Patreon. Oh, my God. <laughs> Speaking of that, we do have a bonus episode coming out. So maybe check that out. And just like we're about to go over, you can be the MVP if you subscribe. All right, so let's go on to the <laughs> MVP and LVP and the quotes for this movie. I almost said episode, but it's, it is indeed a movie. Austin, you're up first, followed by myself. Then Alex, you're going to take the reins. Oh, dang. There's so many good quotes, though. Oh, there's a million good quotes. If somebody doesn't take the James one, shame on you. Uh, I'll leave that for you, then. No, no, I don't. I have other ones I want to use. Yeah, but so do I. <laughs> Team Rocket, we barely mentioned them, but they were all throughout. They were pretty good comic relief as scene transitions you know going up the stairs into the different rooms and chambers and such um so they basically had like nothing but one-liners the entire movie <laughs> and my favorite was aside from the james quote my favorite was meow saying i don't like the look of this place jess james says it's like a storybook land invented by a five-year-old so jesse says that's ridiculous james just keep running and keep the thinking to me that was good <laughs> that was good All right What's your... Uh... Okay, my, I'm sorry. MVP. <laughs> my MVP will be Delia. Oh, that's a great one. That's a great one. She was strong this whole movie. She was using her motherly instinct with Molly all throughout. She had survival instincts. When Ante first showed up, she was like, who are you and what do you want? Yes. Delia was badass. She was great. This is damsel in distress done right. Like when they're, they're not like helpless despair. It's more of like... They're working two to solve the problem. It's the best way to do it. The best Mario games are the ones where Peach is in the castle and she's doing shit on her end. Yeah, that you don't know about. My LVP will be Spencer Hale for (laughs) throwing his wife in a mental institution because he has to prioritize his unknown research and then getting sucked into another dimension for a day. But do you think it's really because of that? I think she went crazy because of the unknown. God only knows what happened, okay. but... all right. Okay, he gets LVP for setting up his work email oh my God. through his daughter's laptop <laughs> in her bedroom. So he can constantly stay connected. Yeah, so that during story time, he could run off at a moment's notice. Like That's, yeah, okay. That's why he gets LVP. That's a little excessive, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'll start off with my MVP, and I'm going to give it to the... Uh, oh, crap, there's two of them. I'm going to give it to the unknown, actually. That's a twist. Yeah, well, think about it. Molly would not have been able to get through this trauma for childhood if it wasn't for the unknown. <laughs> so 
maybe that was because their- of the trauma. <laughs> that was the plan the whole time that they get in there and they like show her what a false reality looks like truly, and that it's a hellscape and that it's awful and then she snaps back to reality so the unknown may have been the good guys here so like you have to accept somebody's death because if you don't and you make up a fantasy look what can happen yeah you can't move forward dang that's, that's what they're saying <laughs> and if you accept their death they'll return from the grave <laughs> that's right. oh yeah it's a win-win it's a win-win my um i guess my lvp i'll give it to I'm going to give it a two. Jenny and Joy for not being important enough to have a line. That's pretty sorry. Uh-huh. <laughs> Too That's bad. That's really sorry. And then my quote, my quote actually comes from Entei. And it's towards the end of the movie. Entei is about to like, I guess, dissolve because he knows he's not real. And Entei says, I see now that the circumstances of one's birth are Oh my relevant. God. It is what you do with the gift of life that determines who you are. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. A lot of people's high school graduation quote came from that Sente movie. Yeah, that was very touching moment for sure. <laughs> it really made you kind of be like, dang, what is reality? Well, where was I born? How was I born? Where was I conceived? Does that matter? I, I hope y'all already see Mewtwo again because he's coming. <laughs> he's coming up. What is up with like all the movies and their focus on like psychic Pokemon and like all the shit that they like get into? Because the only cool thing you can make a movie about in Pokemon, you have to go beyond reality because it's kind of boring for two hours to be in that world. Well, I guess it's already a fantastical universe, so you have to be even more fantastical. Gives you more, like, story to work with, you know, otherwise it'd just be like, we're going to battle two hours. Gosh, I'm really surprised at you guys. You didn't take the James quote. I left it for you. Honestly, I had something else that I actually have, like, three things. All right, Duel 3, who cares? This is a long-ass episode anyway. Longest <laughs> recording we've ever had. Yeah, good luck, Austin, editing this. <laughs> Let me know if you need help. All right. Oh, my gosh. Okay, MVP, you know what? I'm going to be contrary, just for the sake of being contrary. I'm going to give a... Re- no! Why? Oh, sorry, I thought you said your quote was going to be contrary. No, oh, no, no, no. Originally, I was going to give it to Charizard because Charizard. But I think I'm going to give it to Spencer Hale. MVP? MVP. Okay. Because he's like a successful professor who has this beautiful mansion and provides like this elaborate, wonderful life for his daughter. He seems like he's a doting father and he's doing it all. I know we were like giving him shit because he's like obsessive or whatever with the unknown. But he cares so much about his daughter's well-being. He's like, you know, I have to find out for her sake what happened to her mother. And knowing, now that we've talked about it, knowing that the mom was like sick in the hospital because of the unknowns. He was like working tirelessly to try to help her. I don't know. He seems like he's a good dad. You commented on this. Where does the money come from? Did he marry rich? Was it the mother's estate? I thought he just became like a super successful, like... He was Oak's best student. He's got that Professor Oak celebrity cred going on. Yeah. Got it. My Professor Oak owns a tower he can give to like the twerps to have That's a true. party. So And he owns like he five vacation, vacation homes, homes everywhere. Yeah. yeah, he's got that mad money. And he owns all those cabins that are randomly throughout the Pokemon world too. So they're Airbnbs or Verbos. Yeah, I think he's way more, there's more to him than what's on the surface. I think Spencer Hale is just a little bit more upfront with his financial situation. Okay, and LVP, gosh, I don't even have one. I don't really have like a negative thing to say. Would it be too bad if I gave it to Molly? No, <laughs> I, that's a, that's, I think that is a good choice. Depends on where you go with it though. Because she was having a hard time. I mean, I don't know. 
I feel like I can't because she's like a little kid who's like grieving the loss of like her beloved parents. But also she threw a temper tantrum that nearly like killed a bunch of people. So <laughs> the scale of the temper tantrums, the problem, not the temper tantrum or the fact that she was upset, the scale of it, you know, which wasn't her fault, though. I'm just, I, I just I have to I'm going to be I'm going to be a butthole. I'm going to just say Molly. You can't always get your way, kid, even if your parents do die a horrible death. <laughs> that's that's the harsh reality. <laughs> that's the, Wake up and that's face the, reality, yeah. <laughs> that's the lesson of the movie right there. That really is. You can't give yourself into a fantastical imaginary world where you're safe. So go out and buy Pokemon cards and video games and toys, kids. And escape into a fantastic reality world. <laughs> and don't take yeah. don't take Molly. Yeah, don't do Molly. Also, her name was a euphemism for ecstasy, which makes perfect sense. She was living in a fantasy world. If she's a little older, she could use some Molly, probably. Oh my gosh. Um. Yeah. So sorry, Molly. Just your LVP of the day for me. Okay. So there's like a bunch of quotes. I'm just gonna run through them because there were so many good ones. We would be remiss if we didn't at least say something about the James thing. The one I was going to originally pick was at the beginning where Jesse is like, they're looking out over the scenic vista of Greenfield. And she's like, Greenfield's... Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love her. They were so good. They're always so good in these. She's like, Greenfield's just as I imagined it. Beautiful fields of flowers that turn into a bizarre crystal wasteland that just obliterates the entire... Hey, what's going on? And then the end one, also another Team Rocket one that was good, when they're at the clock tower or somewhere. I don't even know where they were. They were like in a window or something. In the mansion, I guess. She's like, we should be happy. Or no, James says, we should be happy. And Meow says, how can we be happy? We didn't capture one new Pokemon. And Jesse says, I'm happy for that little girl. She was adorable yet indomitable, just like me. And James says, that Entei was powerful and inscrutable, just like me. And Jesse says, what does it matter if we failed at catching a Pokemon this time? And James says, we'll get another chance to fail next time. I love (laughs) their upbeat attitude. Can I change my MVP to Team Rocket? (laughs) Yeah, you can. Now I'll leave it. Do you want to? Now I'll leave it, Spencer. But then, of course, the quote that nobody took was James. When they are running through the mansion and they see, like, the spiraling unknown, like, hell orb that's, like, unleashing the craziness into the world... And James is like, I haven't seen this many strange letters since the last time I placed a personal ad. <laughs> There's a fan fiction Ayo. right there. That is. That's the That's famous a good one. one. That's a good one. Are we ready to end it? If you've been with us this long. I'm tired. We thank you if you've been with us this long. Yes. God damn it. I opened my phone and there was like the sexualized Molly again. Uh, erase your cookies and all your browser history. I need history. to. Well, this was fun. I'm glad. We finally got to movie number three. Austin, your favorite. One of my favorites. One of the favorites. Definitely up there. My favorite so far. Alrighty. I'm going to close this out here because I think it's been long enough. Yes. We all good with that? Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, what are we doing next week? Forgot about that. Next week, we're doing our season three finale, The Psychic Sidekicks, and a famous episode, The Fortune Hunters. Ooh. Famous episode. You'll know it when you see it. Oh my God. Is it... Is it what I think it is? Yes. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh yeah. Listeners, you got to join us for that one. Holy crap. Okay. I'm so excited. (laughs) All right. You got that to look forward to. And we just like to say thank you all for listening. Be sure to leave us a five-star rating. If you have any questions or comments for the show, send them to outofthedrawingpan at gmail.com. Again, that is outofthedrawingpan at gmail.com. And be sure to follow us on Twitter. Our handle is outofdrawingpan. And... Be sure to follow us on Patreon. You can find the link in the description. And join us next time as this journey continues.